When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WNBC. just any other Manic Monday, folks. Not just any other Manic Monday. This is uh, President's Day. Big, big day. I'm not sure what our audience is like this morning. I think it's probably fractured at the very least. A much smaller audience than usual because the kids are not going to school and all those uh, federal jobs have off today. So it's a, a smaller audience. But the folks that love the Bernie and Sid in the morning show that stream it every day on the 77. WABC app, or if they're doing right now what I'm doing, watching myself on television, WABCradio.tv, WABCradio. Guys are getting up, work or not, and listening to us, watching us, uh, regardless. So on this President's Day Monday, welcome back to another week of the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Bernie will be back tomorrow. He did send me a text late last night, and um, what did he say here? I, I read you all the texts, so you know exactly. What's going on? I've told you this time and time again. I don't text Bernie two or three times a day. I don't annoy him. He's got enough going on. Guy's going through chemotherapy. He's got a lot going on. And uh, even though he he enjoys people reaching out and caring, I'm going to speak for him. It gets annoying. You know, I mean, the guy, he knows he's got cancer. He knows he's in the battle of his life. He appreciates the love and concern, but... Maybe I'm just speaking how I would feel. After a while, it's like, okay, leave me alone. Let me just let me live my life and be with my wife and kids and go to work and stop asking me every five seconds, am I going, am I okay? So I try not to be that guy. So this is what he sent me um, last night. It was not late. It was 6.51 p.m. He says, Sid, it's already March next week. Oh, March Madness. Juwan Howard, Michigan, Wisconsin. How about that yesterday? It's already March next week. How about that? He said, I'll see you Tuesday. Hope you're enjoying your long weekend. Love and miss you, Bernard. Where he got the idea I'm having a long weekend, I don't know. (laughs) I don't get days off. doesn't work that way for me. So I sent him back something very, very nice. And I said, just tell me how you're doing. And he said, quote, chemo sucked, but recovering nicely. Warm regards to your lovely family. I'll see you Tuesday. So there you have it, folks. So he'll be back tomorrow. But, but, don't worry. I've got a special guest a special co-host guest live in studio today. Thank you, Lynn, 
this federal worker is up at 6 a.m. to listen to you because you're worth it. Thank you, Lynn. And that would be the, the boss himself, the star of Cats at Night, weekdays 5 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And, of course, that great Sunday morning show, The Cats Roundtable. My main man, John Katsimatidis, is going to sit in with me this morning from 7 to 9, the middle two hours of our four-hour extravaganza. So you get me solo 6 to 7, me and John Katsimatidis 7 to 9, me solo 9 to 10, and then me and Bernie back tomorrow. You got all that, uh, Justin? Yeah, I think it's a I lot for you. Out. I know it's a lot for my little brain to handle, especially on a Monday morning. But uh... you just found out on Friday that the cyclone is in Coney Island, Brooklyn, not on Staten Island. Yeah, and to be honest, I really have. I've had two days, but I haven't really quite figured out what to do with that information. <laughs> I mean, it was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. But it was, but you're so cute that you can't. Even, you know, you're just you're so what. Listen, I had a brain fart. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, no, you don't have a brain fart. You're just not that bright. Right. I asked you this morning, I said, here on this uh, President's Day holiday, who's the greatest president in the history of our country? And without any hesitation, you brought it out, Barack Obama. <laughs> I was kidding. That <laughs> no, was you joke. weren't kidding. Yes. That was you a think joke. Barack Obama's the greatest president of all time? No, I made a funny. I made a funny ha-ha. It was well, a that, joke. Is fu- that is funny. Because uh, in all honesty, he's probably one of the worst. Oh, I know the whole but listen, I, I I was almost in tears. I got chills watching him, Michelle and his two daughters walking to the White House. I really thought he was going to bring healing to the nation. He was uh, he's brilliant. He's a great speaker, so eloquent, so articulate. And I was actually rooting for Obama. I really thought he was going to make a difference and he sucked. He divided the nation more than any other president did. All that nonsense that went down from Ferguson, Missouri. All that stuff to BLM being born all happened under the black president, Barack Obama. All under him. Right? And then didn't it seem like, my son said this to me yesterday, didn't it seem like every week was a terrorist attack? Whether it was Paris or Brussels or California or Tennessee, it seemed like every week there was a different terrorist attack around the world when Obama was in charge. Yeah, what he said. And then he would. That's right. Then he would come on and he'd be like, "Hey, do me a favor. Don't get mad at the terrorists. Just don't hate the Muslims." What? He was the worst, the most sluggish economic uh, uh, return in the history of the country. Took forever. Yeah, he did bail us out with the cars and all that. I get that. I guess he saved the car industry in Detroit, but he was just a mess. He was one of the most feckless. He was a big pussy, is what Barack Obama was. I know that he had what's his name killed, Bin Laden, but so what. Bush's guys worked on that, too. So he's actually one of the worst presidents of all time. So let me ask you on a serious note, who you think is the best president? And don't give me George Washington and all that nonsense. No, I mean, I wasn't around for Reagan, but I've heard really, really great, great things about Ronald Reagan. Well, what Um, about in your lifetime, since you've been around, who do you think is the best president? Well, I mean, look, listen, Trump would be the easy answer, but um, it would. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, if I if I'm going with somebody else, uh, listen, um, I think I, I agreed with what you said on Friday about Bill Bill Clinton. I I thought he was great up until uh, till he wasn't, huh? Till he wasn't exactly <laughs> yeah. until he wasn't so hot, right? Um, but uh, especially being from Chappaqua growing up, that's all you ever heard. You know, of course, how, how great Bill Clinton was. Of so. course, yeah. What about you, well, Luke Lograno? You have a favorite. Greatest president ever on this President's Day. Well said. You know, I I didn't know you before the current administration. So does that does that have to be my answer? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a good answer. When did this uh, stupid holiday start? What year was that? 
So uh, we, we've been acknowledging Washington's birthday for centuries now. The New York Post says today that George Washington is still uh, widely beloved and revered, and everybody has respect for George Washington. Everybody, dating from all the way back to 13 colonies to the nation we've got today. So for what it's worth, the first president ever is still loved today. But again, it's, it started with Washington, yes. So we've been celebrating his birthday since the uh, the like the 1800s, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Well, we've been celebrating his birthday since he was born. Well, thank you, Justin. See what he did there? Yeah. He's a funny guy, that Justin. He's you know. all over it. Um, so back in, I want to say 1968, I believe is what I read today, there was a big movement to push federal holidays to Mondays. So uh-huh. that was like Veterans Day, MLK Day, and all that stuff. Well, not MLK Day, but... Washington's birthday was a part of that, and that got moved to a Monday. And someone suggested we add Lincoln's birthday to that, and that got shut down in Congress. Ah. Uh, but all the advertisers loved the idea of a President's Day. So I believe very technically, like according, if you read subsection A of, of Article B, if you go really deep into the What's uh, happening here? The legal I, I, just, I, just, I, I want to kill him <laughs> at this point. We're celebrating Washington's birthday, if you let me talk, Justin. Well, you just talked an awful lot. I have no idea what the hell you just said. He brought up section, section Some eight. section. <laughs> what year did we start celebrating the stupid holiday? 1971. Thank <laughs> you. That's all I wanted to know. I don't know what sections and – I mean, it was, you're very smart, very detailed. They get all that. But, my God, now everybody's listening to Joe Piscopo. Everybody. It's a phenomenal program on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, he does. So we, uh, we're getting dangerously close, I guess, to this uh, Russia-Ukraine war, war in Europe as Kamala Harris talked about the last couple of days. Joe Biden is convinced, convinced that Vladimir Putin has his design set on invading the Ukraine. See, when I bring this up with Bernard, he says, I don't care. He says they've been having a civil war forever and uh, let him duke it out and stay out of it. But when I bring it up to everybody else, everybody else, they think it's a big deal. So which one is it? (laughs) Because I tend to respect Bernie when it comes to stuff like this, but he's not always right. He's not always right, folks. Trust me. Six years in, he um, lately, in fact, uh, not always right. But the question becomes, is he right here? Is this let him duke it out and who cares? Or does this really have worldwide implications? I tend to agree with Bernie, actually. You uh, do? In, in that regard. Okay. Yeah. Now, your girlfriend is Russian. Uh, yes. So she's part of the, uh, the hit squad that's going to kill all these innocent people. Yeah, but at least for me, it'll happen in some sort of, you know. No. I don't know what you're saying. It'll happen in a very... Supposedly, uh, the Russians have a list of dissidents in Ukraine who they're going to hunt down and kill and put in camps when, in fact, they start this war. Now, Joe Biden has agreed in principle to meet with Vladimir Putin if Russia does not invade Ukraine. So he's already made him blink, Putin. Right? Okay, I'll meet with you. Don't, don't go there and I'll meet with you. So Putin has already made Joe Biden, at the very least, blink. Blink in, Secretary of State. Do you see what you did right there? He may be the worst Secretary of State of all time. I don't know. He spoke to CNN yesterday, blinking, and um, he's still hoping there could be diplomacy with Russia. He may as well play that. Here's Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. It's number five. Until uh, the tanks are actually rolling and the, and the, the planes are flying, uh, we will use every opportunity and every minute we have uh, to see if uh, diplomacy can still uh, dissuade uh, President Putin from carrying this forward. Yeah, so Biden is saying we're not going to send troops over there, which is good news. We all agree we don't want our kids dying in this battle. Not one American life should be lost if, in fact, Putin and Russia decides 
to invade the Ukraine. So I guess on that, we agree with Joe Biden. Here is uh, Biden one. We also will not send troops in to fight in Ukraine, but we will continue to support the Ukrainian people. This past year, the United States provided a record amount of security assistance to Ukraine to bolster its defensive. $650 million from javelin missiles to ammunition. Did you see that picture of the quote-unquote war room in D.C. of Biden and Blinken and Lloyd Austin and all these folks? You want to talk about losers. The Boulevard of Broken Dreams had, uh, had, had things go better for those folks than the people inside that war room. You want to talk about, you know those pictures with the dogs that are playing poker? What a bunch of dogs in this room trying to figure out how to keep the world and specifically Europe safe. Here's a Biden, too. He's talking about, it's not too late, Russia. It's not too late. But I say again, Russia can still choose diplomacy. It is not too late to de-escalate and return to the negotiating table. So people are saying, look, if you're going to impose all these serious sanctions on Russia, why wait until they invade and start killing people? Why not do it right away? Which kind of makes a little bit of sense, I guess. I don't know. Here's the uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki play three and four, two in a row, answering, well, I guess, trying to answer, or, or, or at least acting as if she was going to answer those two questions. At, at what point do you break away from the strategy, say it's not working, and, and do something else, impose some new sanctions now? Well, I think as we've talked about a little bit in here, our collective view from our national security team is that uh, sanctions are meant to be a deterrent. Uh, they are not, if you put all of the sanctions in place now, what is stopping them from invading? Yeah, I think that's our assessment from the national security team. Uh, and, uh, you know, that we will continue to uh, implement that strategy. So what it comes down to is they need to hold on to that chip as, hey, don't do this or we'll do this. Once they impose the sanctions and Putin still goes in and invades Ukraine and kills all these people, then we really look bad. We really look feckless, which he'll do anyway. So, um, well, we'll have to see, I guess, right? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like they're just kind of waiting until something major happens. But Major like what? I, I, like, like you said, people dying. Right. Well, I guess that would be major. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right? I mean, listen, if, yeah, especially if they're yeah. Americans. But again, back to the point of not, you know, really getting involved. There's no need to get involved. I hate to say it, but if they're not Americans, it's, you know, less of a less of a big deal. Really? Maybe. So you feel like uh, only American lives matter? No. But you just feel like Ukrainian lives and Russian lives are not as important. I as think a- with this stuff, it's sensitive. You got to, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't know. I think there's there's definitely a certain line that needs to be crossed before yeah. you before sure. you get yourself involved to a certain degree. American Lives Matter is a phenomenal podcast on the Red Apple Podcast Network, though, starring our very own Bernard McGurk. Bernie will be back uh, tomorrow. John Katsimatidis is already on the way in. I think he's bored. He just, he just It's Monday morning. He's like, all right, I just want to hang out with Sid and talk some good stuff here, so. And we're thrilled to have him. It's exciting to do the morning show. I mean, John's got his own big-time afternoon drive show. He doesn't need me, per se. But it's exciting to do the other morning show. And I love John, and John loves me. We'll have some fun. We've got four good guests stopping by today, starting with the Staten Island Borough President, Vito Fosella. Vito will join us coming up at 7.05. Our regular Monday morning guest, the editor of the National Review. He's also a political guy, an NBC guy. Our dear friend, Rich Lowry, he's coming up at 7.40. At 8.40, we'll talk to the former writer from the Washington Times and Fox News host, John Solomon. 
And then at 9.25, my buddy Charlie Gasparino. You know, I've inspired Charlie. Charlie's in the gym like every day now. And he actually posts selfies of working out. So I've inspired a whole nation of folks to get to the gym and get into good shape. Who was on last week on this show that was saying, because of you, I uh, I do all this stuff? Now, you remember? Charlie is this week. There was somebody last week who was giving me the credit. Oh, Stinchfield. Oh, that's right, Grand Stinchfield. Very, very good. Nice job out of you. Well, it was really Luke Legrano who's whispering into my ear. Good job. Grant, of course, hosts 8 p.m. every weeknight on Newsmax TV. So, four great guests today. Lydia reports, Pete Sid, all that, a bunch of stories. My daughter is still in London, and the Queen's got COVID. We'll get to that. I saw a very good movie this weekend, which is nominated for about 10 Academy Awards. I'll give you that. And uh, my little boy's friend, Led, is still in town, and we had a very busy weekend. And Tony Oso, if you're listening, I owe you one. It's a long story. I'll get to it somewhere later in the week. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. President's Day Monday here on Bernie and Sid. Bernie back tomorrow. John Katsimatidis set to join me uh, later on this morning. It's going to be a great show. I promise you. Keep it right here, and happy President's Day. just realized this morning, and I pride myself on keeping myself up with everything, whether it's news, politics, sports, entertainment. Nobody knows more stuff than me. Nobody. And I had no idea this morning the Olympics were over. <laughs> I just, so we, uh, I guess we came in fifth place, the Americans. We won eight gold. We won, I think, 25 medals overall, Norway, Russia. China and Germany. Yeah, but it depends on how you look at it. No, there's no way to look at it. It's medal count. That's how it goes. Medal count, we came in fifth. Well, there's actually no official way that they score it. Well, they do. Yeah, 37 medals was number one. That's Norway. 35 medals, number two, Russia. What are you talking about? You think you're smarter than the internet? Yeah, uh, no, but that's how they judge the Olympics is how many medals you've won. It goes in order. I understand. Our 25 medals were good enough for fifth behind I, four other countries. I understand. Which is no, you accurate. don't seem to understand. Well, <laughs> I, no, I, you keep going on and on. I'm not going Shut on up. And on. I'm, I'm begging just... you to shut up. We came in fifth. <laughs> we came in fifth. Norway, Russia, Germany, and China all beat us. Now, maybe our eight gold was more than some of those countries. I don't know. But there's three different medals you win. Gold, silver, and bronze. And that by how many medals the country wins. We came in I fifth. I understand. But that would imply. No, you don't understand. That would, that would You're imply, still going. That would imply yeah. that a bronze and a silver are just as valuable there's as no implication. There's, there's no implication at all. It's a medal count. Then why are they worth the same amount of points? Like, each medal is worth <laughs> I'm, one I'm, point. I'm, that's begging, a, that's I'm stupid. begging you to shut up. Okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. That's fine. Want me to give you money? What do you want me to do? No, I'll, I'll just shut up. I'll okay. shut Can I mouth. have it? <laughs> we, uh, I don't even know what the hell we won gold in. We won eight gold medals? 
Apparently, yeah. Brit- Britain. Curling, uh, I think we won. No, actually. no, uh, the, I think the British won the gold. Oh, did they? No, they won the silver. Because I know the uh, the Queen. I, I keep telling you, my daughter Ava is still in London. She's coming back Sunday. A thirteen day trip. Yesterday, I'm in the gym in the morning, and uh, it's late in the day, of course, in London at that point. And Ava is sending me pictures. She's in. Uh, she's on Abbey Road, walking with her boyfriend and his parents, doing that famous walk the Beatles did. She's in Notting Hill, where I think you, Grant, got a BJ. She's in. <laughs> she passed by Madonna's house. She's in Holland. She's in all these cool suburbs of London, having herself the time of her life. And uh, they're all nervous over there because of the Queen. You know, this uh, Prince Charles, he had the COVID. This, uh, you know, goofy-eared jerk. And his uh, disgusting-looking wife, Camille, who could be Queen, I guess. Right, if Queen Elizabeth dies and uh, Prince Charles becomes the king and his skanky wife, she becomes the Queen, right? I guess. Yeah, you don't know I, much I, about I know that much, stuff. As yeah. much about that as I do the Olympic medal count. <laughs> yeah. And where the, uh, and quite frankly, where the, uh, what was it, the cyclone? What did you say? Yeah, no, no, we're not going to go back to We're that. not going to go back to that. No, there's no reason for that, right? No, 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 We'd no, hate no. to go back to Staten Island. Or, or so we're going to just whatever. pretend that never happened. Well, you know so. what's funny is uh, we are going to speak this morning when John Katsimatidis gets here to the Staten Island Borough President, Vito Pacella. And it would be really cool if you actually started the interview with thanking him for all the good times you've had on the Cyclone in Staten Island. I don't even think I've ever been to Staten Island or Coney Island, for that matter, and I sure as hell have never ridden the Cyclone. Then why did you think it was in Staten Island? I'm just I curious. made a mistake. God, that's such a bad mistake. They're both islands. <laughs> that's My true. My brain just said Staten Island, but it was thinking Coney Island. See what you're doing there? Yeah. So Eric Adams, I guess his, uh, his new subway, his safety subway plan, goes into effect today. Do you guys have any have any idea what that um, what that plan is? There were like six stabbings within forty eight hours. I think this weekend, and all kinds of nasty stuff going on on the subway. But Adams, his new plan starts today. Do you guys have any idea what the details of that plan? I mean, I will say this: I went to the tanning salon yesterday on seventy third and Amsterdam. So I take the train four stops. From 103rd Street to 73rd, 103rd, 96th, 86th, 79th, 73rd. And I did see, for a Sunday morning, a pretty big police presence down in the subways. In fact, I've been noticing more and more cops down there. So if that is something that Eric Adams is doing, yeah, then kudos to Eric. What else is uh, is this plan about? It starts today. Well, it starts with that, um, expanding response teams throughout the city. Uh, adding trained clinicians to connect people with resources. Yeah. How about just waking up these dirty bastards and getting a, they, they sleep on six chairs and then a seats, I should say. And then people like me have to stand while this, you know, this person who stinks. Well, not only that, they're like, you know, pissing themselves. Yeah. Duty and everything. Pooping in their pants. Right. Can we get them off the train? Let's start with that. Well, I have the cops actually go in there and get these. And I know some of you feel bad for the homeless. I've gotten better with that over the last couple of years, thanks to Tony Oso, John, and Margo. But I still can't stand them. I really can't. So um, you've got to get them off the subway. Start with that. So Eric Adams was talking yesterday about how he's not a dysfunctional mayor. Here's what he had to say. We got so used to being dysfunctional that it became the normality. Well, I'm not a dysfunctional mayor. No. And I don't pretend that a problem doesn't exist. We identify, we fix problems, we get stuff done. That's what my administration is going to be about. Yeah. He's going to get it all done. Don't you worry. Then you get this uh, Manhattan DA, this Alvin Bragg, who initially made all these ridiculous comments. 
got himself into all kinds of hot water. Even his best friends had to at least feign. They had to feign. That's a very good word. F-E-I-G-N. What does that mean? Feign. Um, feign? Well, yeah. it means they had to back away. They had to They had to create some distance between no, them act and as if. him. No, it's act as if, but you're close. Uh-huh. So they had to feign anger. You know, people like Kathy Hochul and Eric Adams. So then he started to go 180. And wait a second, wait a second. I didn't mean that. What I meant was if you walk into a jewelry store with a water gun, I'm still going to put you in jail. You know, now he's going back to where he was before. He's like, what were you people all upset over? Do you believe he actually asked that yesterday? Here's Alvin Bragg. We've all seen the story of the person who's uh, on their eighth arrest, and people say, well, how this happened, how that assault happened. Well, there were seven prior times where that person struggling with addiction or mental health. We didn't connect that person to services. This is going to make us safer. It's intuitive. It's common sense. I don't understand uh, the pushback. I can't stand that guy. God, I can't stand him. Anyway, uh, we got so many good guests stopping by today. Four good guests. Again, Staten Island Borough President Vito Fosella. He'll be here at 7. Which Lowry coming up at 7.40. John Solomon, 8.40. Charlie Gasparino coming up at 9.25. Lydia Reports coming up at 8.25. Beat Sid coming up at 9.40. What an exciting Monday edition here on President's Day. And uh, maybe Donald Trump. It's President's Day. We'll get Trump on. How about that? That'd be great. Yeah. I asked John. John Katsimatidis. And you never know. John, uh, he knows a lot of people, you know. Well, yeah. What do you mean, well, yeah? Well, I mean, we know he knows a lot of people. He knows a lot of people. In fact, here he is. Here he is, though, the great John Katsimatidis walking in as we get set to play his clip of the day. Traffic and sports coming up next. But right now it is time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. And speak of the devil, listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8. Here John talks with the U.S. Senator from South Dakota, John Thune. I asked one of my friends in Washington, and I said to him, why, why are you guys doing this? Why does the American people have to pay 5 6 $7 uh, price uh, of gasoline? He said to me, well, if we put the price of gasoline high enough, they'll say thank you to electric cars. <laughs> yeah, well, and that may be true. I mean, if, if they keep pushing the price. And I think, honestly, that's part of the strategy. I think it's to push people out of you know, fuel-based vehicles, but you're absolutely going to crush the economy and a lot of middle-income families, many of whom aren't going to be able to convert to EVs. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. If you only see one thing in sports this morning, you have to watch the highlight of the end of the Michigan-Wisconsin college basketball game yesterday. Wisconsin 15th in the country. Michigan just 14 and 11, not ranked. And Wisconsin gets the easy win. But Michigan coach Jawan Howard, upset about a timeout call, actually punched or smacked a Wisconsin assistant coach right across the face. Unbelievable video, and it sounded something like this. And Juwan Howard not going over immediately to shake hands. Oh, see, and they're going at it. Oh, yeah. Howard and Guard are not happy right now. Yo, and Jawan Howard <laughs> just threw a right hand. And now we got a scrub. That is good stuff. NBA All-Star game yesterday. Team LeBron edged Team Durant 163-160. to And in fitting fashion, it was the captain of the team, LeBron James, who hit the game-winning shot.
It was Steph Curry, though, who stole the show, set an NBA All-Star game record. He had 16 three-pointers and route to a 50-point performance as LeBron James' team got the win. The Islanders lost yesterday 3-2 to Montreal. The Rangers, they got a big win over Ottawa, 2-1, to not, two to one, I should say. Panarin lit the lamp for the Rangers. And sad news from Rangerland, Emil Cat Francis passed away Saturday. The former great Ranger coach and GM, the Hall of Famer, was 95 years old. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers with sports. I'm Sid. Summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me. All summer long, 6.44, on your Monday morning, back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, the great Frank Sinatra, Summer Wind. To my left this morning, honored to have the main man, the man that has saved WABC, made this station legendary once again. And that's not hyperbole, that's the absolute truth. Is a guy that's also become a dear, dear friend of mine, Danielle Avon Gabe, and that is the boss John Katz and Matides. What a nice Monday morning surprise. Good morning, John. Good morning. I mean, I, I was bored. It was a, a federal holiday. I had not enough to do. <laughs> yeah, no, so everybody's I figured I'd come in and help a little bit. Oh, I like that. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You are helping. It's great to see you. So we started this show this morning, John, by talking about the federal holiday, President's Day. And now, what is the purpose of President's Day? I still can't figure it out. I mean, I could understand if we're honoring Abe Lincoln. I could understand if we're honoring George Washington. President's Day? What are we honoring? <laughs> I well, think we're certainly not honoring what's going on in Washington right now. No, not right now. I don't think Joe Biden is, is deserving of any honors, but it does give you know retail stores and, and uh, people like you the opportunity to have sales. Right? I mean, uh, today's a great day, I guess, to buy sheets and pillows and all that good stuff. But I did ask They're how... coming in from New Jersey and wiping out the shelves. That's the sales. <laughs> it's true, they are. I did ask our young audience, uh, our young workers, I should say, John, like Justin Ellick and Luke Lagrano, much younger than us, who are the best presidents in their lifetime. And uh, they're all quick to say Reagan. Now, we all know, of course, that Bill Clinton had a great first term. It all fell apart in the second term, but he had a great first term. In my lifetime, and I date back to 1967, I got to go Reagan. I guess uh, the one Trump, uh, the one term was great. Bush, 41, had one really good term. And, of course, Bill Clinton's first term. But I got to go Ronald Reagan. For you in your lifetime, John, who has been the best president? Well, I got to tell you something. The first president I ever encountered, I was about six years old. Uh, my father took me uh, to uh, Grant's tomb, and President Eisenhower was there. Wow. And I, I remember that day because my father was carrying me on his shoulder, and uh, uh, it was a good experience. Uh, then uh, Kennedy. Kennedy made a big impression on us. And uh, don't forget the words Kennedy used. 
It's not what was his famous uh, speech. It's, it's not what uh, you. It's not what America does for you. It's basically what you do for your country. Something to that extent. Something right? to that effect. Yeah. And and that should, you know, that's not true anymore. No. It, it, right now, it's greed and uh, money and. Uh, but uh, I thought he Kennedy. Yeah, look, every every president has his problems. Um, but Kennedy, I thought, uh, had the right heart uh, to be president. And, uh, but he did look. He was a great-looking guy. His wife was beautiful. His kids were beautiful. But and someday we're going to find out who really killed Kennedy. You don't think it was Lee Harvey Oswald? No, I don't either. I think it's more complicated than that. So do I. Uh, and I think uh, uh, I hope our government someday somebody knows. Yeah. Someday I hope they really do, tell us. Do you think it's more likely somebody like Castro, somebody in Cuba, or San Giancomo, somebody in the mob here in the United I States? I think it's a combination. The, uh, the, there's all kinds of uh, rumors. Uh, one rumor is he really um, uh, hurt Khrushchev. Russia. Russia. Yes. Uh, that's one uh, very uh, high-end rumor. Castro. Uh, the Chicago gang. Right. Um, but I'll tell you the other thing, I believe, that uh, John Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, and Martin Luther King, all within three, four years, five years, I think the same organization knocked all three. Out. All three of them. All three. Right. So the whole Sorhan, Sorhan, Lee Harvey Oswald, all nonsense. Who, who, who was the best president? Um, You're not going to say Trump, are you? No, um, not necessarily. You like Donald Trump. I thought, look, I had a good relationship with uh, Bill Clinton, and I thought Bill Clinton loved America, and he, his heart was in the right place, and I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, does he have problems? I, like I said, every president has problems. Uh, Ronald Reagan put his foot down, and I remember being in the White House with him. Uh, he was a good president. Jimmy Carter, with all the bad stuff they're saying about Jimmy Carter, he was a loyal American. Oh, I think and he loved his, his country. Was in the right place. I think so too. He just screwed up. He couldn't get it done. He just right. screwed, screwed right. up. Right. Um, and um, uh, let's say H.W. Uh, Bush, the most qualified to be, the most qualified person to be um, president. Forty-one. You know, C. Forty-one. CIA uh, director, vice president for eight years. Uh, he really. Had a lot of... Uh, Don't forget, he flew jets right. in, in the, the war. The least qualified to be president. He, the least qualified? Barack Obama. Even even less than 43? He was a state senator. Okay. He was a state senator, and the guy that was running for Senate in uh, in Illinois um, uh, had a sex scandal. And the state senator, they had nobody else to put... The Chicago Democratic people had nobody else to put in, and they put in Barack Obama. Right. And he won. Yeah. Now, uh, what happens? I remember uh, uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, a good friend, and he, he's changed lately. I understand. Um, asked me, says, uh, I want to have five U.S. senators in your home for a cocktail party. I said, okay. And guess what he brings in? Barack Obama. Barack Obama. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And uh, my maid, uh, Edna, uh, who uh, uh, my housekeeper, uh, looks at Barack Obama. He says, "Mr. C," and this is—he was a state senator three months before. Mr. C, I'd like a picture with him because he's going to become president. Wow, there you have hey, it. I mean, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And um, look, 
Barack Obama was a smart guy. He uh, uh, he uh, dealt with things, uh, but uh, the least qualified. Yeah. I mean, he was a state senator five minutes before. He was a community organizer for the most part. That's all he was. That's it. um, Yeah. Okay, who else? Go ahead. Who else? Well, I mean, uh, you had 43 along the way. George Bush's son. George Bush's son loves America, but the people around him, his own father, I'm I'm privy to that because I was there. His own father sent people to tell him, don't trust some of the people around you. You're talking about his whole crew there. He had people like Paul so, Wolfowitz, Condoleezza Rice, his own Donald father. Rumsfeld. His father was a smart guy. Don't yeah. forget how smart H.W. Bush. He was right, though. Yes. and he Even Dick Cheney. He didn't realize it to the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> and all those people lied to 43 and told them, listen, throw weapons of mass destruction. Listen, they want your father dead. Bush made a lot of decisions based on what all those the other people mistake, told him. The biggest mistake uh, uh, George W. Bush made. He went in with hate to Saddam Hussein. Yep. Saddam Hussein was our ally. He was our friend. I know. We gave him the weapons. And his job was to keep Iran in balance. And we lost that balance. Yeah. You know, we have done so many things in the last, in so many mistakes that have hurt our country. I mean, we Afghanistan, what, what happened there. I mean, uh, uh, whoever decided to go into Afghanistan and uh, uh, never saw the movie with Rocky. (laughs) Iraq, too. The Russians suffered. The French suffered. Everybody suffered. Why did we go into Afghanistan? (laughs) I I mean, all we had to do is go in and target special targets. And the way we should be done, you know, don't start a war. Right. Well, send in the... uh, well, we're st- talking about starting a war, how do you feel? You've heard Bernard's take on this. They've had a civil war forever, the Ukraine and Russia. Let them kill each other. Uh, other people say, kill each other. No. Right now, uh, Putin, and I have said it uh, on our Sunday show and on, on Friday shows, the, the heat's too high up. And Putin is making, you ready for this? They're producing 10 million barrels a day, 10 and a half. Of oil. At $100 a barrel, that's a billion dollars a day. <laughs> Putin is making, Russia is making $365 billion a year just from oil. What McCain called it, it's not really a country, it's a gas station. Right. <laughs> he did say that. Now, 300 that covers the entire budget of Russia. Hmm. Putin is not going to screw up that. He's not going to start a war over that and take a chance. And I created a new word in the dictionary. What is it? Uh, he's not going to take a chance that Biden is going to do something stupider. <laughs> more dumb. More dumb. Even more stupid. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's why I'm, there's not going to be no war. You don't think so? There's no reason to, to kill 25,000 people over a piece of real estate. Well, Biden seems convinced this morning. He needs he, a war. He needs a war. He needs a war to get the price of gasoline off the front page of the New York Times, the right. price of food off the front page, right. the border. We're being invaded and nobody's doing anything about it. Nothing. Okay. I Look, I believe in immigration. I was an immigrant. But let's have checks and balances. Who's coming in? Agreed. So so you also believe then that to a certain extent this whole Ukraine-Russia thing is just to take our, our eyes off the wag ball. The, wag the dog. Did right. you see the movie? Yeah, of course. All right. Of course. Wag the dog. Wag the dog. Well, what do I, <laughs> I told Lydia, <clears throat> some former president started a war in the movie 
against Albania. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Very good. There was no war. He started the war. Right. He, he needed to be a war hero. <laughs> you know, the American people follow the president in time of war. Yeah. It's true. No, he he, do, he, he could actually it so could help Putin him. So Putin knows that. Yes, he does. So he doesn't need anything to be stupider. Okay, stupider. That is the word of the day. Justin, you got that? What is stupider? Put it in a dictionary. Well, what does it mean, Justin? Which what the word stupider stupider yeah it means more stupid very good and it, 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 it's an it's an extension it's an extension of stupid you're all over it Bob all right we got the four great guests still to come Staten Island Borough President Vito Pocella will join us at seven oh five uh, the editor of the National Review our good friend Rich Lowry coming up at seven forty John Salomon he'll stop by at eight forty Charlie Gasparino at nine twenty five the great John Katsimatidis is here this morning in studio sitting to my left it's a great Monday morning show and we'll. Come back right after these short messages. The Beatles, let it be, as we wrap up the first hour of today's program, the man to my left, looking very, you look like a president today. You got the, the, the red tie, the blue shirt, the black jacket. You look very powerful today, John. Very I took a shower, too. <laughs> well, you look great. You look great on this president. I love good music. You do? And you talk about the Beatles. Oh, my God. Did you love the Beatles? Kurt, I, no, I love the Beatles. I think they did a great job, and I think they were they, they, their music started a whole trend. Uh, but our friend Curtis, our friend Curtis and Tony Orlando had a big argument the other night. I had to solve. What was it? That Curtis hates the Beatles. Oh, you can't hate criticize. the Beatles. You can't. You know, you can't. Uh, Curtis, enough is enough. I mean, stop, yeah, stop. Take, yeah. take it easy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you can't yeah. hate the Beatles. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, I said, they stop. started it all. You can't criticize the Beatles and don't criticize our friend Tony. Tony's one of the best people around Tony Orlando. I couldn't argue. There's and three it, things you can't argue. And the other thing Curtis does all the time. What's that? He criticizes poor Frank Morano. The guy's a hard one. Oh, he guy. hates him. Yeah, but he, he criticizes Justin Ellick, too, which you care less about. I understand. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, and I just got to know her, uh, Justin. <laughs> but we do love Curtis Sliwa, but he spends a lot of time criticizing a lot of people, including Eric Adams, who you and I will talk about coming up next hour, Vito Bosella and Rich Lowry. About to come your way in the 7 o'clock hour. John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. Hour number two of the morning show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Coming your way. Only you can do make all this world seem right. Justin over to the music. I know he's doing a great job, right? He knows you're here this morning. Hey, I why. love good music. I know he's taking good care of you, John. It is John Casamitidis and Sid Rosenberg here doing mornings on this President's Day holiday. Welcome back, seven oh five on your Monday morning. We've got a cavalcade of big name guests stopping by today to celebrate this day and hang out with uh, me and John. Starting with this next guy, who was the Staten Island Borough President. We're so happy he won, and we uh, we uh, think big things ahead for the great borough of Staten Island, including a full baseball season with the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. Here's our mutual friend Vito Pocella. Vito, good morning. John Katzmatidi, Sid Rosenberg. How are you, pal? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good Listen morning. To the platters of the Beatles. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I, I, Vito, I love 
I love good music. It just makes you it, it makes you put you in the right move and makes you it makes you feel good. Agreed. Totally and, agree. Uh, you know, we got I a agree. new star from Staten Island on our uh, music uh, radio weekend. We have uh, uh, that kid, cousin Vinny. Oh yeah, he's Staten Island guy. I could never say his last name. I couldn't either. I just call him <laughs> he's cousin Italian. Vinny. <laughs> and he insisted Vinny we put Vito. his last name on 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 the, on the billboard. <laughs> I said nobody's going to remember it. I, I can remember cousin Vinny, but I can't yeah. remember your last name. My cousin Vinny. Well, Vito, you're off to a uh, a great start there on on Staten Island. I w- I would ask you how it's gone so far since you won that uh, elected office. How's it going so far? Uh, so far, so good. Thanks for having me. Happy Millard Fillmore Day, President's Day. Uh, <laughs> things are things are going great. I'm blessed. The people of Staten Island give me a chance to serve them, uh, my hometown. And, and people forget. Uh, I think uh, too many you forget Staten Island. Think about it as the smallest borough in New York City. It's a small little place, and we love that feel. But it's also it's larger by population, like in the city of Pittsburgh or Miami or Orlando. So there's a lot of potential still there in Staten Island. Some great folks, um, as you mentioned, John. Uh, is some exciting stuff coming up on the North Shore called St. George of Staten Island uh, with, with the new stadium, with the new team, well, actually not the renovated stadium, with the new baseball team and a lot of exciting stuff that we'd like to see in the North Shore. But at the, the core of it, um, you know, we're trying to do with this a very polarizing setting in this in this world, in this country, is just to try to put, you know, some people with common sense uh, seeking common ground for the common good. And and I think that's what folks deserve. Uh, I, I just was listening to your piece about, you know, the mayor talking about public safety and the subways. And you, know, you can't have anything unless you have public safety and people feel secure in, in their setting, whether it be a subway or walking the streets of Staten Island. So we need to make sure that we support the great men and women of the New York City Police Department and keep Staten Island safe. Uh, and we've tried to do that in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, we're trying to get a new performing arts high school in Staten Island. It'll be the first time ever. Uh, try to get a new out of bridge crossing uh, that causes a lot of traffic delays. But we're bringing uh, the local elected officials, Democrats and Republicans, together uh, to find those solutions to help people of Staten Island. So, so far, so good. But thank you for asking, and thanks for having, having you know- me. On. I was talking yesterday to uh, Gary Perone, who's uh, uh, running a general manager of the stadium, because I call it because of the stadium, because it's not going to be just uh, baseball. We're going to have entertainment there. We're going to have a lot of other things, and I look for your recommendations. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the important thing, the word St. George, that whole area, has a bad reputation. Maybe we should change the name. And you'll be part of the new ambiance of northern Staten Island. We can call it St. John. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. There you go. No, bad no, idea. No, I, mean, uh, I think we should have, maybe you should have a, con, uh, a new ambiance for northern uh, uh, Staten Island. Uh, make sure we beef up the police presence, beef up, make people feel safe, make people and uh, open up new stores. And I understand we should move. Maybe the uh, the ferry uh, there, the ones that the, the gentleman bought, and maybe put a casino in the ferry. Now you're talking. That would be that would be a great idea. You know, so for those who may not uh, know what what John's talking about, St. George is the northern part of Staten Island. It's where the Staten Island ferry comes in from Manhattan. 
And by the way, the Staten Island Ferry is typically uh, one of the top tourist attractions in, in all of New York City. People from around the world, around the country come and take it. And we would love to see them stay on Staten Island, uh, eat at the local restaurants, go to the local bars, at pubs, whatever. Or they can catch a game because the stadium that John's talking about is literally right on the waterfront, overlooks the skyline, the Statue of Liberty. And you're right. So without that sort of new ambiance, a new feel, we we need to uh, to create a climate, uh, a sense of feeling that people want to go there, visit, spend the day, have a drink, have dinner, enjoy the game. And John, you and I have talked about having concerts at the stadium. What a great venue it is and, and could be. And, and Peter... I think it's a, a whole new ambiance in the northern part of yeah. uh, of Staten Island and uh, uh, building more apartment buildings there, bring, building the ferry there, having more restaurants yeah. there, and straightening out that uh, situation with that uh, that uh, shopping center that went bankrupt yeah. the other day. Yeah, the outlet center. So, you know, Davidson, the Davidson family, we're very close with, with the Davidsons, and we'd love to see Peter. We're very proud of Peter. We'd love to see him do well. Uh, talk about they bought, along with Colin Jost, and another investor, the, an old Staten Island ferry boat that they called the John F. Kennedy. And we'd love to see them stay, uh, keep it on Staten Island and do whatever we could to help them keep it here and, and have another attraction for people from around the sure. world to, to come. And John's, you know, said you know this. John's a visionary, so uh, we're going to follow, you know, John's advice and as you should, as we can implement what he envisions for that area. And uh, I could tell you that folks are very excited about it all. And they should be again. This is Staten Island Borough President Vito Pocella. We actually took the uh, the ferry yesterday. Me, Danielle, and my kids in Brooklyn. Though we took the ferry from Wall Street to Dumbo. And had some pizza at Grimaldi's and was had a great cold? afternoon. Was it cold? Freezing. <laughs> freezing. But, 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 what uh, a day to take the ferry. I know, but, freezing. but Gabe's friend is in from Boca, and he wanted to experience Brooklyn, so we did it. But it was freezing, to your point, John. I do want to ask you, Vito, about this uh, congressional race. You know, obviously, Nicole Maliotakis is a good friend of ours, and John. Max Rose, he's been on the show before. Bill de Blasio even considered jumping into this race. I think now he said... He's not going to do it. But with all the gerrymandering going on and the district changing and all that nonsense, it looks like now it may be more difficult for Nicole to retain that win against Max Rose. What are your thoughts on all of that? Well, first off, next time you need pizza, come to Staten Island. We have some of the best in the world. Really? What's the the best pizzeria on Staten Island? The best? Well, uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble right now. (laughs) Give Uh, us a top five, a top three. There you go. Right. That's good. So my my one which is in Port Richmond. Right. Uh, We've got Lee's Tavern. You've got Campania. You have uh, Brothers Pizza. So many great. Uh, on the island, and if you ever come, Sid, we'll we'll, we'll host you, nice. and I, you. I think you will not leave disappointed. Okay, thanks. Uh, well, you know what the, we want to uh, do in, in that. Uh, you know what we want to do also in northern uh, where the stadium is, Vito. I think we should open up the greatest restaurants in the world in in the stadium, but make them accessible because the parking is there in that area. Make them accessible. For 24 hours, seven days a week or something, uh, you can get pizza 24 hours, you can get hamburgers 24 hours, and uh, uh, 
that way, it's open seven days a week. It's not open just when the uh, just when so the uh, stadium is open. Do. As we're talking, and we talk, we need a summit uh, to discuss what's going to happen and how do we we truly revitalize the North Shore area of St. George. So that's the next order of business. Um, so we call it St. Vito. Vito, yeah, it's a small town in southern Italy. Other than that, it's okay. Uh, we, I, I think, with the congressional race. So, you know, there are those who are upset on the face, but elections have consequences, and not to get too into the weeds, but the state is now controlled by uh, the other party in the Assembly, the Senate, and the governor, and they have the right to redraw the lines. I think they, they overruled uh, an independent nonpartisan commission, but be that as it may, you went from a congressional district that Donald Trump, for example, won by almost 10 points, to now a newly drawn congressional district that he lost by almost 10 points, a 20-point swing, right. which is never easy. Uh, is it still winnable? I believe it is. Uh, it's a lot more work because you went from really the, the Staten Island portion of the district is intact, uh, but you went from more moderate uh, conservative parts of Brooklyn to much more um, liberal parts of Brooklyn, if you will. So that's going to be a challenge, but uh, I still think it's it's a winnable seat. And in this year, where people are disgusted by inflation and high prices and everything else under the sun, uh, I, I still think Nicole can prevail. Well, thank you, Vito, for coming on. And uh, uh, the other thing that I must commend you on, uh, the last time uh, we got together, you are putting together uh, common sense Democrats and common sense Republicans and making sure they all work together. John, you, you repeat it all the time about having common sense. And as I said a little while ago, it's about common sense, seeking common ground for the common good. And, and we, want New York to be, we want New York to be the greatest city in the world again. And thank you for doing your part. Thank you, John. God bless you guys. All, all right. Take day. care. There he is, the Staten Island Borough President, Vito Pocella, on this Monday morning President's Day on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Once again, Bernie back tomorrow. John Katz and Matides, kind enough to join me here today. And we've got a bunch of really good guests, which Larry, John Solomon, Charlie Gasparino, maybe even the mayor. Maybe. We'll see. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. The phones are also open. You want to talk to me and John and a bunch of other stories to get to. It is John and Sid on this President's Day, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, I am contemplating an important question. Should I move out of New York State and go to Florida or South Carolina or North Carolina? Or Arizona. So it's a very difficult decision because I am born and raised in New York State. Born in Upper Manhattan, raised in Levittown, Long Island. I got a lot of friends here. But the state of New York is chaos. And it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Highest tax rate in the nation in New York. And we have potholes the size of the Grand Canyon. Where's all the money going? You drive your car in New York State, particularly downstate, it's dangerous. And the crime is everywhere in the city, and the civility is nowhere. Everything is declining because of the liberal loons in Albany, 
And de Blasio, the worst mayor in New York City history. He's gone, but not the damage he did. So I lived in Florida for a couple of years. I taught high school down there, as some of you know. I liked it, but I'm an Irish guy. And Irish guys and gals don't really like the heat. It's in our DNA. When it gets over 80, we start to get nervous. And Florida's hot. And so is South Carolina, North Carolina in the summer. So it remains a dilemma, and I need help. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Fly me to the moon. It's another John Casamitini's favorite, Frank Sinatra. Fly me to the moon, folks. At 724 on your President's Day Monday morning, Bernie and Sid in the morning, Bernie back tomorrow. It's John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg with you today. It's a great song. In other words. What is Mike on? Got I love great music. uh, Is Sinatra uh, your favorite? I would say it's among the favorites. I have so many favorites. Uh, But... Good, good music puts you in a good mood yep. and makes you feel good. I agree. I agree. I, uh, music plays a very important part in this Monday morning show. We get a lot of uh, very nice compliments from folks who enjoy the music, so I'm with you. Let's talk about um, some of the uh, the spots in and around town. We just talked about Staten Island, our new Ferry Hawk baseball team, and what's that going to mean for that northern uh, region there on Staten Island. I spent a lot of time last summer, as you did, in Coney Island, and I had the opportunity to even stay more than once in your new beautiful Ocean Drive building. In fact, I, I think I stayed there three or four times. Margot did a tremendous job throwing out the first pitch at the Brooklyn Cyclones game. She was like Tom Seaver. She threw a perfect strike. Uh, those buildings are gorgeous. What's uh, what's the latest on Coney Island? Oh, Coney Island, I'll tell you, uh, I've said to people, uh, well, we're almost fully rented there. I mean, uh, but I've said to people, you go out on that balcony, and you've been on that balcony. Gorgeous. And you look at 22nd floor. You look at that ocean, and you breathe in that ocean air. I certified <laughs> you're going to live 10 years longer. I totally agree. I, it, it just feels good. And uh, that's what it's all about. I, mean, uh, I learned that. You know, I have that beach house out in Long Island. And I learned that no matter how tough of a day is, when you look at the ocean and breathe in that air, yeah. it makes you feel a thousand times. A thousand times. In fact, I'll tell you, yeah. when, when I was in rehab in Florida, the um, they would tell you to go to a place, try to find some serenity, you know. And um, I would look at the vast ocean, John, and I would come to the realization that my problems are so insignificant compared to the vast world out there. It actually, it smelled great, it looked great, and it gave me a brand new sense of just how important Everything else is outside of my minor problems. That's how much I love the ocean. I, I do, too. And, and you know, we're building now in St. Petersburg, Florida. Gorgeous we're building. building. the tallest tower on the west coast of Florida. Gorgeous. And uh, in St. Petersburg. And, uh, you know, I had to argue with my own people. I wanted an observation deck. I want people to be go go up there at midnight on the, on the roof. Beautiful. On the observation deck. Right. Look at the stars. And guess what? And fall in love again. Well, well, who would say no to that? And maybe we'll put some fly me to the moon music <laughs> but, on, on the roof of the uh, but, tower. But why would somebody say no to that? What are they, it, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it makes do you it. Feel good. How, how tall is the building? How many stories? Uh, about 49 stories. And uh, Wow. Uh, it's just, 
you look at the stars, you look at the moon, and you just feel good. Gorgeous. Now, yeah. now both of those buildings, or three of them actually, there's two in Coney Island, there's one in St. Petersburg. Right now, you can buy condos in all three, right? All th- no, no, no. Coney Island is just a rental. Just a rental. And gotcha. uh, St. Petersburg is going to be a condo. Right, but but right now you can you can buy you there. can you can buy condos and. Right. So when you when you talk about Eric Adams and you talk about the city and you talk about the crime, you know, you have a lot more at stake than most of us. I mean, obviously, we're worried about our loved ones and our relatives, but you've got buildings, you've got land. You need people to walk through Coney Island and feel safe. Eric, uh, Eric, Eric Adams, Mayor Adams, I call him now. Yeah. I uh, used to call him Eric. Right. right. Uh, Mayor Adams is uh, I think he wants to do a great job. And look, uh, I put my faith in him and that. Uh, I said, you're the nation's mayor, and uh, all the mayors around the country are looking for you for leadership. And if we bring, if we bring the city back, because it's the greatest city in the world, if we bring the city back, uh, then uh, you're, they're going to build statues in, uh, in your honor. I agree with that. Uh, uh, I, I agree. The fact is that uh, it looks like we have uh, beat Omicron. That was a big problem. Omicron and uh, the COVID crisis. The last crisis is uh, is uh, crime. Yeah, and uh, you, you you know I heard an MTA commercial last week, and the MTA says, uh, "Well, we're up to fifty five percent of um, uh, of ridership right now," and they say we're going to give discounts on uh, uh, the MTA passes or the subway passes. Yeah. yeah. S- screw that! <laughs> Nobody gives a damn about the discount. Right. Yeah, they want to. People want to go in the subway and feel safe. That's it. And uh, and 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 that's what we have to do. People have to be feel safe, and uh, the part of our society that's trying to change our way of life. Uh, the heck with them. Do you also have the same confidence in the governor that you do in Mayor Adams? Let me tell you something. I know the governor for a while. You I know knew her, well. her as a lieutenant governor. Yeah. Uh, and she is a common sense person. Western New York, uh, her husband was U.S. attorney uh, in the Western New York, uh, and she's a law and order person. But she is doing the, the, the dance because don't, it's an election year. Right. The same way uh, uh, Senator Schumer is doing the dance, it's an election year. So I call upon them, well, win in November and then make sure you do the right thing. And make New York the greatest city and the great state in the world again. So you think if Kathy Hochul, for example, wins in November and beats Lee Zeldin or Andrew Giuliani or Rob Astorino, you think that then she may uh, change some of the bail stuff? Some of the I stuff would that's... hope so. I would hope so um, uh, because she always had common sense. We well, we have to do what we look. What happened in Nassau County when we put our foot down and we said, "What do we say? Enough is enough." Yeah. And, and there's law and order in Nassau County. A big red wave in November, thanks to people like you. Yeah. And then you've got a common sense guy in uh, Staten Island. You've got Vito Fasella. Yeah. So you, you have common sense in Nassau County. You have common sense in Staten Island. Let's let these, some of our Democratic politicians are scared of, of, of the crazies. And they should be more scared of common sense. Right. Than they are of the crazies. Agreed. Because look what happened in Buffalo. You know how Texas used to say, remember the Alamo. Mm -hmm. Well, remember Buffalo. Common sense Republicans and common sense Democrats, even Carl Palladino got together. Yeah. And a write-in candidate for Buffalo 
the previous mayor that, that had screwed up beat the socialists. That's right. That's true. So I call upon all common-sense Democrats, all common-sense Republicans to do the right thing. I don't care who gets elected long as, as long as they have common sense. No, that's good enough for me. Uh, common sense works for me, too. And common sense for me dictates do what you have to do to keep criminals off the street. Don't, as you would always say, John, you said it for a very long time, take the handcuffs off the cops, put them back on the criminals. Right now, we do the opposite. We've got Rich Lowry, National Review, coming up next. I do want to remind folks, Staten Island Ferry Hawk Baseball, the home opener, right around the corner, the home opener comes your way on May the 3rd. Baseball on Staten Island. So everybody in New York, you know, last week alone, Bill O'Reilly, Woody Giuliani, they all ran down to Florida. It's 11 degrees here. Somebody wants to explain to me my, why uh, Rich Lowry uh, is in Maine. <laughs> He's actually going to a colder place. Does that make sense to you? Oh, it doesn't make no sense at all. <laughs> I, I thought he had common sense. Right. There's the common sense. Here he is, the editor of the National Review Political NBC. He's on this time every Monday with me and Bernie. Does a terrific job. Our good friend Rich Lowry. Rich, uh, explain that one. Why, when everybody's going to Florida this time of year, you found a colder <laughs> place? <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking about this uh, last night when it was 16 degrees when, oh. when we got here, or whatever it was. It was driving distance with uh, with a, a lot of kids, and we didn't want to. Uh, we haven't flown with them yet, and gotcha. we didn't want to drive 14 okay. hours. So okay. it's going to be warm the next couple of days, actually. It's gonna yeah, be there's always hill. I think on, on Wednesday right. it'll be 61, but it's not going to be 70 or 80 down. No, it's not going to be. No. Beach, All, right. So. All right. So you wait a couple more weeks. Rand Paul's going to have the masks removed from uh, airplanes anyway very, very soon if he there gets his go. way. I'll wait for that. Uh, let's start with the big story, Ukraine and Russia. Last week, uh, I, Bernie actually flat out said to you, why do we care? They've got a civil war there. They've been killing each other and mad at each other for a, a long time. Why is it in America's best interest to get involved on such an intimate basis with Ukraine and Russia? What is your answer to that? So I would still say it depends on what you mean by involved. I mean, obviously, we shouldn't be sending troops to Ukraine. We shouldn't get in a shooting war with, with Vladimir Putin. Ukraine matters much more to him than it does to us. But I do think, you know, if he rolls in an act of naked aggression and takes Ukraine, which seems you know, at least plausible. I don't know what he's going to do. It will herald a new era for Europe. Uh, it'll be a, not not Cold War level, but a quasi-Cold War. Um, China's watching to see whether Putin gets away with this. If he does, you know, they're more likely to move on Taiwan. And he could see an unraveling of U.S. global leadership, which has had costs. You know, we spend more on defense than, than anyone else. Uh, but also it's had real benefits to us. And if that order unravels, we, we will eventually be less safe and less prosperous, I believe. Now, it doesn't mean you know, it's not going to happen tomorrow because Putin occupies Kiev. But it's something you, you, you want to try to avoid if you possibly can and punish him for if he does it. Uh, Rich, I got uh, some of my old intelligence sources, and they tell me that Putin is not interested in being partners with China. He'd rather be partners with the European community. He's already partners with uh, Germany. He's already partners with uh, uh, Turkey. And, and France, who knows where they stand? The French, you never know where they stand. And uh, he'd rather be partners with the European community uh, than being partners with, with, uh, uh, with China. And uh, what's, what say you on that? 
Well, I think pr- on, on his own terms, I think he's been really clever here, and the way he's worked the, the relationship with Germany uh, means you know you're, the Germans and the Europe's are highly dependent on his uh, oil and gas. And the Nordstrom 2 pipeline, you know, we're hearing a lot of people saying, oh, we'll cut off, uh, you know, Biden was saying this a week or so ago at a press conference with the German chancellor, we'll cut off the Nordstrom 2 pipeline if he goes in. If he goes into Ukraine and owns Ukraine, he doesn't need the Nordstrom pipeline anymore. He has the Ukrainian uh, pipeline. So I think he's been he's been very clever, um, and he wants to divide Europe, and he wants to get us out. Um, and, you know, I, I would favor, in theory, you know, if we could work sort of the kind of thing we did in the Cold War where we, where we – flaked off China from its um, alliance with the Soviet Union and do that in reverse and, and use Russia against China, I mean, that would be great. I just don't think Putin has a, a fundamental interest in that. No. So the latest is is that President Biden comes out and says, listen, if Putin doesn't invade the Ukraine, I'll go meet with him. I'll talk to him. Sounds to me like Biden blinked. How about you, Rich? <laughs> I don't know. You know, look, my, my take all along has been – Let's. I'm willing to negotiate with Russia, but let's not do it with a gun to our head. But when the gun is really to your head, it becomes really tempting. You know, if if Putin really just wants us to say Ukraine will never ever be in NATO, no matter what, and you could avoid what could be a major war, it's kind of tempting to say that. So I, I do think he Putin has the whip hand. Uh, he he he's been making everyone jump um, to to his tune and been setting the rhythm here, and th- that that. Biden is now saying, I'll, I'll come meet with you one-on-one is another indication of that. Putin uh, does, uh, not, does not want a war. We talked about it before with Sydney. Putin is making a billion dollars a day selling us uh, uh, crude oil. And that takes care of the $365 billion a year, takes care of the entire budget of Russia. Why, why start a fight? He's not going to do it. And that's my opinion, my, my strict opinion. And he... Again, with the China, he trusts them less. And the problem with us, with NATO, uh, Germany is not going to back us up against uh, Putin. Turkey, Mm -hmm. for sure, has never backed us up against Putin. And, uh, you know, I I don't know where Turkey stands, but, uh, look, they're great people. But uh, the leadership uh, uh, wants to go with Putin. What say you on that? Well, I I think – this goes beyond just a rational economic interest. I, I think Putin believes that Russia was humiliated with the end of the Cold War and believes that Ukraine is not genuinely a sovereign country, rightfully belongs to Russia, and is willing to pay a cost to um, uh, to, to take it or, or at least to have it um, non-Western in its orientation. So I hope you're right. I hope he's, you know, this is all a, a diplomatic gambit by Putin to kind of get the world's attention and yank our chain. But I'm not sure. You I know, got certainly solution. everything looks as though he's preparing for an invasion. Does that mean he actually go in? Goes in? I don't know. Exactly. But you, you have, you know, the heavy increased shelling in the east. You have now the propaganda media. Uh, going in, in Russia where they're talking about Ukraine's about to attack, and you have 150,000 troops there in, in staging areas. So, Rich, I got an um, answer. I got the solution for Putin. He what's can that? hire the, 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 the uh, people that ran the campaign for Joe Biden, <laughs> pay them a billion dollars because what's a, when you're earning a billion dollars a day on oil, what's a billion dollars? <laughs> pay the campaign staff a billion dollars, and they'll have the head of – you spend a billion dollars in Ukraine and campaign, guess what you have? 
You're going to own. <laughs> you're going to own the president. There you go. You win the election, right? No, why start election. a war? There's no purpose in people getting killed each other. Look what happened in the United States. That guy from Facebook spent four hundred million dollars. Zuckerberg, yeah. Zuckerberg in five states. In five states, it wasn't illegal. I never said it was not illegal, but boy, oh boy, yep. when you spend five four hundred million dollars in five states and affect those five states and affect your whole election, guess what? You won. Uh, uh, John Katsimatidis says it ain't going to happen. The Russians will not invade Ukraine. My money's on him. But I will say this. We used, uh, John used the term wag the dog earlier, Rich, and we had this conversation with Bernie last week that a lot of people feel like all this right now is just to take our attention away from the real problems. The real problem here is not Ukraine-Russia. It's inflation. It's supply chain shortages. It's, it's the race divide. It's our border, which is a complete mess. That's what folks really believe is going on here. Let's let us let us completely take our eye off the real problem. You think there's some credence to that? I don't know because I, I don't think most people care that much about Ukraine. You know, it's wall to wall on the Sunday shows. If you you know had CNN on the background here a, a minute ago, they're talking about Ukraine. But right. for most people, what they care about is all those things that you mentioned. So I don't think. If they're thinking Ukraine's a way to distract from that, that that's not a good way to distract from from any of those things, especially inflation, which is uh, eating away at his presidency. And you know, we've seen this. The biggest story of the last week was this recall in San Francisco, where in the, the bluest jurisdiction in the country, you have parents rising up and saying, "Enough with this woke nonsense." So it's another sign of a tsunami building in the fall for Republicans based in large part on this parental revolt well, that's that we've seen what all, I all around the country on masks, on academic standards, and on CRT. That's what I told our mayor in New York. Uh, they, he wants law and order, and I want we want law and order. And he, the, the nation's mayors, are looking for him for leadership to get law and order. Enough with this woke culture. And you live yeah, here in New no, York absolutely. City. Absolutely. Pajama, well, where are you on, on how Adams has looked so far, because I've been talking we, about this, it hasn't, we have over, zero over choice. Week, it hasn't been encouraging necessarily. I, I think we have. I think Eric Adams, Mayor Adams, has to do. The, he wants to make it uh, law and order, and he has to go forward and do it. Right now, the crimes in the subway system. Nobody's going to ride the subway system. You know, the MTA. We were talking about it. Oh, we're going to give discounts on uh, the, M, the the metro uh, cards. The metro cards. Yeah. The heck with the discounts. You want to be safe. Right. Not get stabbed. That would be a good start. Uh, did you watch the closing ceremonies from Beijing last night, Rich? You know, I didn't. I thought they were a couple. I was so tuned out from this Olympics. That <laughs> Me I thought too. they were a couple days ago. Me too. <laughs> I, I swear to God. Like a news alert. The closing ceremonies just happened. I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, same thing with the, me. The, last, uh, the one, one time I was really tempted to tune in was the drama over the Russian figure, figure skater. Yeah. And when a 15-year-old is doping... That's on the adults, right? That's not on the 15-year-old. And have, to have her fall four times, I mean, just uh, uh, wrenching. But I, I didn't. I maintained my boycott, and I, I didn't watch it. I guess I had basically forgotten about it because I yeah. didn't know about the clearing. So did I. So on the way out, John Katzmatidis, which Lowry has made it very, very clear, he doesn't think Vladimir Putin will invade, not in his best interest. He's making too much money. It doesn't make any sense to cost lives. Put you on the uh, on the spot right here, Rich Lowry. Is Russia going to invade the Ukraine? 
I think he's going to go in in some form, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether he's he's rolling towards Kiev. That would be the maximal uh, option, but I, I think he'll he'll e- end up, after all of this, it would be sort of a humility, humiliating climb down not to do something. So I think he will do something. As always, Rich, that is a heck of a job. Love having you on Mondays. Thank you for a great Monday morning performance. Have a great week, buddy. Thanks, gentlemen. All right, Rich Lowry, the editor of the National Review, Political NBC. You know what is actually a very big Russian and Ukrainian community is not far, John, from your building in Coney Island. I was watching the other uh, local news yesterday, and they were interviewing people in Sheepshead Bay, Ukrainians, a lot of them, and Russians about this possible conflict. Brooklyn, Brooklyn is uh, become a super, super uh, borough. Yeah, uh, there's 2.6 million people, 2.7 million people in Brooklyn. It'd be the fourth largest city in the country, just about, if it was a city. It'll be the fourth largest one, right? You remember the sign in the Belt Parkway by the Verrazano Bridge? It used to say, fourth largest wow. city. Yes. The, in fact, Welcome Back, Cotter, the TV show started with that sign by the in Bay Ridge on the Belt Parkway that said, Brooklyn, the world's fourth largest city. Alan Dershowitz from Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, Congressman Peter King originally from Brooklyn. Yes. They want to start a separate show on WABC on on our national edition about Brooklyn. I love that. Because there's no matter where you go in the country, there's somebody from Brooklyn. All, all the greats are from Brooklyn. I hate to say it, but it's true. I know you're from Harlem. Oh, you lived in Harlem. I'm from Greece. from Harlem. Right. I went to Brooklyn Tech. You did go to Brooklyn Tech. And one of the reasons Anthony Weiner has, uh, uh, is coming here, he he's a Brooklyn Tech kid. Too. <laughs> he's funny. a smart kid. Well, by me was Madison High School. And who went to Madison High School? Chuck Schumer. Bernie Sanders, Chuck and my Schumer, cousin, sixteen hundred on the SAT test. He got a perfect score, sixteen hundred, perfect. Then he's got no excuse for what he. Uh... <laughs> he need, now he need, look right now. I look upon him for leadership because you know how much money he's gotten for New York State, a ton, a zillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. And New York State would be even worse if Chuck Schumer didn't go to bat for us. So you, and, you, you, you think he's done a pretty good job. He's looking at you right now. He's, he's, know, he's his office is right there. I'm doing his press conferences yes. once in a while. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, he's done a good job for New York City and New York State. Um, I, think he, uh, he's, I think he has to have more courage and go against yeah. the world culture. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot of that. And he, he spends well, a lot of time. Well, it's an election still, year, so. I know. He still bashes Trump all the time. Like, a lot of, a lot of these people, they got to stop doing that. Listen, uh, you know, I it's know enough. Donald Trump for 40 years. Right. He likes and you. I like him, too. But but he does some, you know, Stupid some things, things sometimes. I understand. You know, and I, I think he, he could have been the greatest president in the country uh, ever. He still could be when he wins you again. You never know. He's going to win again. Uh, me and Dick Morris started it uh, with Hillary versus Trump. How do you say Round two. Ding! <laughs> it's going to happen, right? You never know. I think it's going to happen. What else, what else is she going to do? I mean, well, Hillary wants it. I think uh, Trump wants it. So it might be round two. There you have it, folks. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. John Katsimatidis, Sid Rosenberg. Bernard will be back tomorrow. Two more hours to go. Guests that include Charlie Gasparino, John Solomon, and maybe a surprise or two along the way. Hour three, the 8 o'clock hour with John and Sid here on WABC. About to come your way. <laughs>
I love that music. Wow. I mean, uh, that makes you feel good in the morning. But I'm 28% Italian, so uh, uh, it must be in the, in the genes. Um, we have a great show for you today. And uh, tomorrow, Bernie will be back. And we all wish, we love Bernie. And we wish Bernie uh, to be 100% uh, in the next six months or three months or whatever it takes. But, but he's one great guy. And uh, we have, coming on the 8 o'clock hour, we have a lot of great guests and a few surprises maybe. And um, uh, Sid will be right back. Too. And uh, stay tuned for the 8 o'clock hour with some big surprises in the 8 o'clock hour. When you dance down the street with a clotted your feet, you're in love. That's what you are. Ah, uh, yes. Those are tones. Legendary Nat King Cole and his daughter, Natalie. They're both gone. 8.05 on your Monday morning. We've had a great time here with John Katz and Matiti sitting in for Bernard. Bernard will be back. Tomorrow, Bernie back tomorrow, but on this President's Day Monday, it's been John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg had a couple of really good guests in the 7 o'clock hour, two of them to be exact, Staten Island Borough President Vito Pocella and Rich Lowry from the National uh, Review. Coming up this hour, John Solomon, maybe a very big surprise as well. And then Charlie Gasparino, Fox Business in the 9 o'clock hour, Lydia reports, beats it all to come your way. But I was, um, I was asking John... Because I get the same breakfast every morning during the show. Bernard eats the same thing, too, when he's here. He hasn't been here in quite some time, obviously, but he's uh, he's uh, fighting hard. But he would you know, have that cereal and the, uh, the, the, the the nuts and all that stuff every day. And I would go from McDonald's, which I had for a very long time every day. Now I get from across the street Essa Bagel. I get a scooped-out everything bagel with lox spread and an, and an iced tea. A diet iced tea. That's my breakfast every morning. It's not egg whites. I get it. I don't care. I'm in very, very good shape, and I want to enjoy my food at the same time. So I say to John, I say, John, are you hungry? You want me to get you something? And he says, um, I don't eat. I go, what do you mean you don't eat? And then uh, uh, this is diet. T- tell me about this. What's going on here? Put his mic on. Yeah. It's the um, greatest diet in the world, and I'm going to try to get Dr. Mihalos to call in to talk about it. Uh, it's been studied at Harvard. It's been studied all over. And uh, we have Dr. Michalos? Yes, we have uh, him on the phone. Let's put him on. Let's bring him on. Here he is, the, the genius behind this diet that John seemingly loves and is working very well for him. Dr. I, 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 listen, I don't know how much weight I lost, but I lost about three inches. <laughs> and not in the wrong spot. That's a good start. Dr. Michalos, Sid Rosenberg, and your buddy John Katsimatidis. Good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, good morning, and uh, I didn't start the diet. It actually uh, dates back to the Judeo-Christian cultures where we have a lot of uh, fasting and uh, various holidays in the Jewish tradition, Christian tradition, and other uh, religious traditions, and it turns out that intermittent fasting, we're finding out, has tremendous benefits for basically uh, recalibrating our immune system. During caveman times in the morning, there was no refrigeration, and... uh, there was no food around, so what you had to do was you had to hunt. You didn't really eat in the morning. You didn't eat till around noon or one when you gathered all the food, you prepared it, 
And then the next time you ate was right before dusk because you had to take all the food and bring it outside the cave after you ate the leftovers so the animals wouldn't come and attack you. So people, humans, really only ate between that period. And then they didn't really eat for about 16 hours. And during that period, we now know that our gut is really our immune system. We used to think it was the lymph nodes and lymphatic system, but now we know that 80% of our immune system is in our intestine. And during that period where our gut rests for 18 hours, a lot of things are happening and the repair cells start going after cancer cells and we go after what's called senescent cells. And recent literature, a lot of it done right here in New York, actually at uh, Albert Einstein, uh, the research shows something called autophagy, where we go after dead and dying cells. And they showed that in after two to three days of fasting, for example, that's the extreme that people do like once a month. And in many religions, we have uh, often fasting that turns on all these cancer-fighting uh, cells and these cells that go after dead and dying cells. And uh, they did a study, for example, in rats where if they gave them, for example, a thousand calories and they spread it over the day, those rats died faster than the rats who just ate that one meal, 1,000 calories in one shot. So when our gut rests, it actually turns on the longevity genes because it tells our bodies, oh no, there's not gonna be another meal, we're in trouble turn on all the protective and healing mechanisms. And that's what we're learning now about intermittent fasting. And it's actually becoming the most popular and easy diet in the world. And also a lot of, uh, you know. And you're allowed to, uh, as our discussion, you're allowed to drink water. and Water and all the coffee you want, no problem. What and a lot of people are yeah. finding now is they take a small tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil because they're finding that, the extra virgin olive oil contains oleic acid in recent literature, and that probably explains why the Mediterranean diet and the people in Sardinia and Icaria are living, Greece are living much longer. It's not really about some of their other bad habits. Some people say, oh, but they do this and they smoke. And it turns out that that is uh, activating the anti-aging genes closer to it. So it turns out extra virgin olive oil is an extremely powerful anti-aging uh, medicine more powerful now they found out than resveratrol which is found in red wine that some people are taking but and it's got to be real it's, it's got to be real olive oil because in olive america 70 percent of the olive oil sold in america fake it's fake fake olive oil right you got to be yeah, real see you got to look for the date right look you right an olive oil doesn't have the date that it was picked you don't want it You're because dead. olive oil is good for three years from the date it was picked after that it's dead. It's so i got to tell you so as, as a practicing jew yom kippur for me dr miklos is the longest day of the year i can't stand it and i keep myself in in uh, in very very good shape i work out i eat pretty good but i was under the impression i'm not a nutritionist i'm not a doctor i know very little compared to you that when you eat, your metabolism actually works better, and therefore you can eat and work out and stay in very, very good shape. I didn't think fasting was actually healthy for human beings, but you're telling me that it is. Extremely healthy because that's when, when the body senses adversity, that's when it turns on all the protective and healing mechanism, just like a lot of people who take various hormones and the men who take testosterone, they get short-term benefits. They think they're helping themselves, but long-term, it actually speeds up your aging, speeds up heart attacks, increases blood thickness and viscosity, so short-term. But whereas not eating, when you look at the 100-year-olds, who are they? They're usually the thinner and, you know, tend to be smaller uh, 
of people and who don't eat as much. And the rat studies prove that, that the rats, for example, they allowed to eat whatever they wanted. They died 40% faster than the rats who were just given enough to get by. But the other aspect is not just the amount of calories, it's the timing. It seems that when you allow your gut to rest, it turns on all these protective uh, mechanisms. And the same thing with the plants we eat. Uh, an olive, for example, is a stressed plant. And olives that are in the sun and in the UV, they produce these things called phytochemicals. And, it, it, and we have signaling systems in our body that say, oh boy, times are hard. The plants around us are stretched stressed out too. And it starts turning on all these protective mechanisms for longevity. And the science has really become very strong on this. And uh, it's a healthy way. And that's where start, you know, starve a cold, feed a fever, starve a cold. Because when a virus senses that there's not a lot of glucose in the system, a lot, a lot of food, you're not overeating it. It, 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 it doesn't want to go to that body. It wants to go to the body that's eating a lot and uh, has tons of glucose around. The same thing with and a lot of And don't put cancer. sugar in your coffee, I guess. Oh. No sugar in the oh, coffee. Oh, you're killing me. Black. Yeah, oh, you're you killing me. You guys are sweet enough. You don't need extra sugar. Oh, you're oh. killing me. I put four sponges in my coffee. No, no, you day. can't. You, <laughs> I can't do it. And don't use chemicals. No chemicals. You'll, you'll oh, get, problem, after a while, you'll, you'll, you'll lose the... You'll lose it. You know? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I got to tell well, you. So, the signal to the brain. It tells yeah. the signal to the brain that you are actually taking sugar, so your body gets fooled, so it actually confuses your whole oh my god endocrine system. Oh my so uh, I just have and, a and he, bit of doctor. And the other thing I do, uh, my friend Billy Siegel uh, convinced me at five thirty in the morning when I'm up, I have that uh, eight ounces of celery juice. Oh my god. <laughs> I, mean, I got to tell you, I love you like my. It sounds awful. Celery juice. You want to live water. longer or you want to live shorter? I, you know, you, you want the guy's honest truth? Yeah. I'd rather live shorter and enjoy myself. You love eating. You go to all the when best restaurants. When you become 60 years old, yeah. you'll, you'll change your life. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. At 54, yeah. you think you're going to live forever. You're, no, I, I, he's probably right, Dr. Mikolos. I've been there. No, I know, but it, it just seems like there are certain things that humans have to do to enjoy themselves, and eating is one of them. No, that, that's just a, a God-given pleasure. No, but you do. You have a wonderful dinner. You know, you have eight uh, hours of eating. That's it. Eight hours. John and I have a wonderful dinner. And the other thing John will tell us about is we both checked our mercury levels. So you also have to be careful not to eat too much uh, fish that contains mercury. Because I had mercury toxicity myself, and I started getting tingling in my face. I went and got lab work. And I told John, you know, you and I eat the same stuff. I think you should get it. And I had mercury, mercury too. You had the same thing? Yeah, I so. had the same thing. We, you know, we, we, when we are around in the Hamptons, we have dinner often together, and, and we have a lot of discussions. And my mercury count was up. I got a letter from the Department of Agriculture because if you take a mercury test and you're high, you get a letter from them. Wow. And there's certain fish. You can't eat. Like what? Give me an example of a fish that will give you high um, mercury. Fish that lives a long fish? time, like swordfish, swordfish. Tuna. Oh, I love tuna. The, the, well, the it's longer, gonna kill you. The longer, <laughs> the longer a fish lives, they, the, the more fish get even with you. <laughs> now, so, you, I, know, I, you know what? You know what? Uh, you know what? I try to resist. I'm at, di- at lunch or dinner with friends, yeah. and they order swordfish, and I go, oh, oh, I'm so not gonna good. say anything. I'm not gonna say anything. But it's the worst thing. You the can worst eat. thing you could have. Now, are you allowed on this diet, Doctor Mikolos? Uh, if I was to do this, I'm not going to yet. But if I was to do it somewhere down the road, am I allowed to have like uh, 
Yesterday, for example, Camaldi's, I had chocolate cannolis, a piece of <laughs> regatta cheesecake. <laughs> I'm allowed to have stuff like that with my one meal, with my dinner at at, uh, at night. Yeah, you can have two really meals, cool. lunch and dinner. I can. Yeah. Two if meals. You're not, if you're not diabetic, go for it. The, the, the idea is that during the 16 hours that your gut is uh, – that your gut is resting, uh, that's when you have all the repair happening. So it's about the repair mechanisms, the anti-cancer mechanisms, going after senescent cells. Senescent cells are dead or dying cells or cells that can cause you damage that affect our cognitive decline, just like we're finding out with uh, Alzheimer's and other diseases where it's basically a lot of dead or dying, misfolded proteins that cause these things. So they're finding in those cultures, again, just like people in the Judaic uh, culture, Christian culture, after fast, people say they feel mentally better because it's basically cleaning out all these different toxic cells. So it's not about you can have a great dinner, have a piece of cheesecake. That's not a problem. It's just that you then let your gut rest for 16 hours and you're going to find you have tremendous amount of energy in the morning. I used to think I'll never survive without breakfast. And now it's like, I feel great. If I eat too much, then all of a sudden, you know, you get the insulin surge and then your sugar drops and then you feel tired. So I don't feel tired. At, and I have to and be extra down. careful because I'm a diabetic. And if I eat pasta, that carbohydrate in pasta stays with you to three o'clock in the morning if you had it for dinner. Oh, my God. Jeez. And also I had I did some blood work and I had the best uh, cholesterol lipid profile and my blood sugar and hemoglobin A1C that I've had in a long time since I started this about nine months ago. So I think it's something we want to keep our audiences happy and healthy so they can keep listening to your great show every day on WABC. How about that? Well, this was a, a very enlightening and great conversation. I had no idea fasting was actually that uh, healthy. I knew it was effective. I didn't know it was healthy. And all the things you talked about, combining cancer and a bunch of other things. Thank you uh, so much, Dr. Mikolos, for coming on today and explaining this to my audience. I know John's audience knows this because it was very, very enlightening. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And think positive and test negative. And remember, kids, it's no dress rehearsal. Enjoy it the first time around. Yep. How about that? How about that? Well, thank you. There's and, no uh, dress rehearsal. Enjoy it's the not first a dress time rehearsal. Yeah. yeah, but when you're 54, you can think you're going to live forever. I, I was the same way. Yeah. But when you start turning 60, then you start to think about it. Yeah, but when did you start doing this diet like full time? Because I, I, I started doing it about uh, three, four months ago. The other problem yeah. I had, I had high uh, mercury count. Right. And it's back to normal now. Okay. Uh, and I had uh, um, arsenic. Arsenic? Yes. That comes from Margo, obviously. No, Can no, no. <laughs> well, I'm not going to mention the name of the water. We don't want to get sued. Oh, my uh, God. There's a, a fancy water that's being uh, uh, sold, and uh, I must have drank 5,000 gallons of it because I stopped drinking uh, soda. Wait a second. You're telling me that you drank bottled water that had arsenic in it? Yes. And it's a, and it's a popular brand right now? Popular brand. Oh, my God. And guess what? Um, I had arsenic, and uh, I cut out that water. I went to... Uh, two other fine waters, uh, and uh, I'm normal. Now, do you feel better? I mean, you I have feel a hundred times better. I have hundred times better. More energy than ever before. Really? Yes. So, are you going to? I came to work today. No, I know. On a holiday. I, I, and, and and by the way, he was here. I was bored. Right, you were bored. He was here at six thirty in the morning. Eight o'clock tonight. John will still be running seven companies upstairs. That's you have a lot of energy and you feel better. And then five o'clock, I'm going to come back downstairs and run the five o'clock. Yes, show. you are. So are you going to stay in this the rest of your life? I mean, is this something you do forever? You you want to know something? 
Uh, one of my heroes is uh, Hank Greenberg from uh, used to own AIG. He's 96, 97 years old. He goes to the office three days a week. He does. Yes. I love it. I love it. you got to love it, folks. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. We'll talk to John Solomon. Maybe a surprise before then. Keep it right here. The Monday President's Day edition of Bernie and Sid in the Morning with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. We'll be right back. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Good morning, Sid and John. How are you guys? Having fun? Yes, we are. Good morning to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Well, I got quite My the side joke kick. for you. Yes, your sidekick. Yes. Yes. I can't kick you. I'm going to kick you from over here. He, but said, Sid, are you he, he, he said he actually has bruises on his legs <laughs> from you kicking him so much. <laughs> oh, it's it, it really is. A, people say to me, they're like, oh, do you, you know, you're his sidekick. I said, are you kidding me? It's such an honor to be sitting alongside John Katzmatidis, the billionaire. I don't know if you know this, John, before I get to my report in 2013, I covered his mayoral campaign, right? And nobody knew that I was kind of, I'm a registered independent, but I lean right, obviously. And nobody knows that. Nobody knew that back then when I was working for Fox. And so nobody wanted to cover John's campaign because he's Republican. And in the newsrooms, everyone's like, oh, Republicans are bad. And I begged to cover John's campaign. So look at that. Like how many years later, like almost 10 years later, and now I sit alongside him. And 10 years ago, I was begging my my assistant news director to go and, and work his campaign and to cover it. And it was a great party. The food was amazing. And now I know it's because of Margo. Margo specializes in great food. She's the best. It, it was the best spread. The I remember best. thinking like, wow, why couldn't this guy? So I was following your campaign and I was hoping you'd be coming. You know, you know what but... she did for me when we celebrated uh, Greek uh, Independence Day here when we uh, last year, you know, and um, I go to I go out for Greek food all the time. And, and my favorite thing is a Saganaki cheese. And she actually made sure for me there was a whole tray of Saganaki cheese. On Greek Independence Day, I- I'll never forget that. I, I love that cheese. They, they oh, light it, it on fire. Great. Right? Tastes great. Right? They light not it. good for you, but it tastes great. It's not good for you? <laughs> yeah. So you can't have can, can you have that on this diet? I'm off of dairy. Oh, you're off of dairy totally. Yes. No milk, no cheese, nothing. No milk, no cheese. Ay, ay, ay. John is very disciplined. He is. Disciplined. He is. I got to give him I, credit. I, God I bless him. him. He's very disciplined. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know who's – you know who's. Um, so this is quite the shock for you guys. You don't won't, won't need any coffee for this. So, John, you have a daughter. You have a daughter, Sid. I have a daughter. Imagine sending your fifth-grade daughter away to sleepaway science camp, okay? So in California, Orange County, California, Los Alamitos, the – a bunch of girls went away to sleepaway camp. It's school-sponsored, right? And take a listen to hear what the parents found out when the girls came back, because the little girls came back and they said, Mom, when somebody calls themselves they and them, what does that mean? Because we had some certain people, grown-ass people, that were sleeping in the same bunks as us, in the same room, in the same cabin. Take a listen to this news report from KTLA. I contacted the school and I asked them if they were able to confirm that there was not a man actually sleeping in the same cabin as the girls. Uh, They were not able to confirm that. The parents say their fifth grade girls told them some of the biologically male counselors at Camp Pally in San Bernardino identified as they, them, and spent three nights sleeping in cabins with the young girls. It's an attack on our way of life. That's what it comes down to. Or the way to put it. it. no other way to put it. I mean, and not only were they sleeping in the same cabin, they were showering oh, in the same come on, places. Come on. 
Yes. And these are these are people that not even say that they're going, they're transitioning or they're taking the hormones. You simply have to identify as they or them and you could be a grown man. So I can understand in a way if it was a child sleeping with another child, but a grown man, imagine a fifth grader. What is that? You're like 11, 12, not yeah. even. And you have a 10. grown man sleeping in the same room, showering with them. And this is per law. So this, this the camp told the parents, well, this is we we followed California state law. What kind so of they're enabling that? the sickness, the right? sickos. Right. Well, so I think there's going to be – this November, there's got to be a revolt on that way of life. There's an attack on our, our entire American way of life. There's an attack on our borders. Uh, they're, they're giving our kids uh, more fentanyl and drugs and marijuana than ever before. It's an attack on our way of life. And it's just somebody's doing it. It's not happening by itself, Sid. No, no, it's not by osmosis. You're right. But I think you're right, too, John, in that 2022, the midterms, and, of course, 2024, when hopefully we get a Republican back in the White House. Or at least a I common just sense want Democrat. common sense. Right. Exactly. And I, you want common sense where you have Democrats. If we're going to support common sense Democrats, they have to have the ability to say to any leadership that tells them, you know, uh, different, that go to hell. Right. Although the difference, John, here is that the people that will support stuff like this are Democrats. They're not Republicans. They're, you're not going to find it a Republican. It is horrible. They're attacking our way of life. I yeah. want, I want uh, the American way of life that me and you grew up, Sid, to be the same. I, I liked it back then, too. What was the, what was the problem? <laughs> what was the problem? I'm, I'm, I'm all for people being able to express themselves. And if you want to identify yourself as a unicorn, a horse, a donkey, whatever you want, but oh. then don't put your, your <laughs> biological male parts in the same room as my young yeah. daughter. I agree. Like, because a fifth grade, I, when I was in fifth grade, I didn't even know what sex was. I swear I didn't. So imagine like if a guy, a grown guy came in snuggle. I, I mean, I don't even, I'm just like, I would be so outraged. If I were these parents that a grown man was sleeping and showering and the school didn't even tell them. And thankfully, this time, nothing happened to the girls. There was no touching or anything like that. But what's to say it doesn't happen the next time? I don't even blame the people that are identifying as they or them or non-binary. But why Why shouldn't they be in a separate room, in a se separate cabin? Why should my kid, who is fine or whatever, have to be subjected to this kind of I don't even know. I don't want to say illness because I, I feel bad to say that, but this is not right. This is not, you're not okay if you don't see yourself for what you are. This is some sort of body dysmorphic disorder. That's what I think. And this is a mental problem. Well, you know, just the, the American people have to do the right thing. Make sure you vote for the person, the people. You know what I say in New York too, to all the politicians? People come over to me, Democrats, Republicans. And they want to shake my hands and they say, I want to support, uh, support me. For, I'm running for the Assembly, the State Senate. I said, the most important thing is safety in our streets in New York. If you're running for the State Senate or Assembly, are you pro eight and a half million New, York, New Yorkers or are you pro 3,000 criminals? Right. Because if you take 3,000 criminals off the street, just take them off the street, put them in Rikers. Mm -hmm. And, and and the city will be back to normal.
I agree. It's, it, there's only about 3,000 of them that are doing this to us. Yeah, it's the small numbers, but they're making it miserable. And making it miserable <laughs> for every New York. Yeah. So are you pro 8.5 million New Yorkers or are you pro 3,000 criminals? Is it really, it's really that simple. And right? I had an argument from one of my Democratic friends. Who can argue with you about that? Oh, my God. A professor from Queens College. Oh, my God. Well. But you know why they argue? Because they say that the, the majority of those people then that would go to jail are black and brown. I'd like to say to those people, the majority of victims, over 90% of the victims are black are black and brown. So do you care more about the victims that are black and brown? Or do you care yeah, more the about the criminals the that are black yeah. and brown? Uh, yes. You, I'm not sure, Lydia. Yeah, the five o'clock show. How many people that we interviewed from Harlem that are outraged at what's going on? Yeah, no, we. That they say the mothers say they want to go up to Alvin Bragg and slap him across the face. That's yep. what these mothers are saying. And I just saw another story about a woman, a four-year-old. My daughter just turned five. A, a crazy man punched the kid in the face. The mother and the son. They're black or they're Latino, and the, the Latino, suspect is yes. black. Yes, it happened in, sus- uh, in Times Square. Exactly. And what yeah. did the mother do? She ran up to the guy and tackled him and yeah. held him down and beat him up. And that's what something like I would probably do. And by that's the way, the guy, you guys and, would do. And by the way, that guy had priors, just so you know. So. I, I know. Now, now that's the, the other thing, Sid. This is the number one thing. At what point? At what point? Remember, it used to be three strikes and you're out? Yes. <laughs> at what point are you out? At but, four? At Five, maybe at five, 10, maybe at eighteen, maybe five. But we want to be a little but more. But these people there with, with forty six prior I arrests. Know. I know. I, I mean, it, it, this is the stupidest thing. I mean, the the people that put these these laws in action have an IQ of forty nine. I agree. I mean, those people need to be put away. So if Alvin Bragg was on the phone <laughs> right now, and not Lydia, John, John Katzmatis, what would you say to Alvin Bragg right now? If he was on the phone, not Lydia, what would that you say? That the people in your community are suffering, that, that if people die because you leave people in the streets, then maybe uh, you should be prosecuted for, for being a, a co-whatever uh, you want to a consp- call it. A, a, uh, what do you call that when somebody, an accomplice. <coughs> He's an accomplice to all these crimes, basically. Absolutely. I agree. Lydia, great well, job. This black guy, yes, yeah. this black guy was stabbed on the subway. Yes. And he's talking about suing the city. Yep. He's talking about suing the city, and that's what all these victims need to do. And when it, you start coming after the kids, like the four-year-old that got punched in the face by the random sicko, when you're coming after the kids that have to sleep with the – that's where I get angry. Yep. Listen, because it's I, me I know you, we, we know. I, speaker, right uh, speaker of uh, the Assembly, Hasty, has been on my show when, when he had common sense. And uh, Stuart Cousins, the, uh, the state senate uh, majority, majority leader. Yep. leader. Yep. But right now – when Eric Adams and Mayor Adams went up there and said, they told him to pound sand. They, they did. They, they don't want to even hear it. They don't even want to hear it, John, to your point. You're exactly so right. The people of the city of New York, the people of the state of New York have to put their foot down and say, enough is enough. You know? And to, and Sid, to your point, Mayor Adams has to be extremely strong against up against these people. Yes. Like he's been talking, but he has to get angry. Maybe he has to get angry to wake them the up. The people like in the city of New York will back Mayor Adams. They will back the governor when they say that these people from, from the world culture that don't back the eight and a half million New York City people and they back the 3,000 criminals. The heck with the 3,000 criminals. There you have it, folks. Uh, perfect That's way right. to wrap so this John up. So, John Katzmatidis, hear more of that insight at five o'clock tonight. I will sit alongside him, kicking him, 
kicking him as I always do. Bill O'Reilly will be our first guest, and he's always great, Bill O'Reilly. We always have the best guests from around the world to let you know everything you need to know, the truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, God, in that one single hour. Cats at night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Lydia, thank you so much. Follow Lydia, by the way, on Instagram at Lydia News 1 and follow Lydia on Twitter at Lydia News. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. on your Monday morning. It's been a great show on this President's Day Monday. My buddy and, of course, the owner and the uh, terrific host, whether it's Catch at Night, 5 o'clock weekdays, or Catch Roundtable, 8 o'clock Sunday morning. John Catch and Matides sitting in with me this morning. Bernard will be back tomorrow. We've had a, a great show. We've got a lot more good stuff to come, including our good buddy from Fox Business, Charles Gasparino. He'll stop by at 9.05. But right now. We put this time aside. John actually booked him. He's terrific on show. He's a great writer. Uh, I know his work, of course, for many years, Washington Times, Fox News, The Hill, all that good stuff. John Solomon. John, welcome to the morning show. Sid Rosenberg, John Katsimatidis. How are you, pal? I'm great. Great to join you. Happy President's Day. Happy President's Day to you. Okay. But what president are we celebrating? Washington. All of them. <laughs> All of them. You know, it's funny. It's a good question from John Katsimatidis, actually, because certainly not the guy in office right now. <laughs> but on a serious note, if I asked you, how old are you, John? I'm 55. 55. Okay, you're my age. I'll be 55, God willing, in April. If I asked you who the best president has been in your lifetime, your answer will be who? You know, I think when you look at the impact of the change of the course of history, Ronald Reagan in my lifetime probably made the greatest change. And it not only began the process of ending the Cold War, but really changed the American economy in a way that you know, gave us 25, 30, 40 years of continuous prosperity. So I think when you look out, he's probably the most impactful president, of, certainly in my, my time. That's the, Ronald Reagan did a great job and. And uh, is he doing 49 states? He did. He won 49. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And Nixon, right? Uh, and Nixon. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Is that, are there any pictures upstairs of you and Reagan? I, I, yes, I, there are. There are. Okay. Yes. I uh, I worked closely with him, and uh, he was a great president. Uh, but uh, John Solomon, you know what he's known for? What? Tell us the name of your website and tell us the name of your show. Yeah, absolutely. Just the News is both the name of the um, website and the name of our television show on Real America's Voice. And then I have a podcast called John Solomon Reports because that's what I like to do. I like to report. John Solomon gets the breaking news before anybody else. So when me and Lydia call him at 5 o'clock, he he tells us what's going on before anybody else knows. You know, our our 5 o'clock show has become number one at 5 o'clock. And you know why? We get the news out there first. Yes, no, it's important. It helps. Well, John, if, if that's the case, and you just got a ringing endorsement from Katsimatidis, so now you cannot disappoint. <laughs> if you get the news that's before. Right, the pressure's on. Right, the pressure's on. If you get the news before <laughs> anybody, tell me and John right now, 
Is Vladimir Putin going to invade the Ukraine? No, he's hiring the the uh, <laughs> campaign managers for Biden. the Democratic Party, <laughs> and, and 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 they're going to reelect the president of the Ukraine. That's and smart. it's cheaper to do it that way. No, you know, it's actually really smart. But what John is saying is actually really smart, and he's kind of yeah. kidding, but he's not. He doesn't think that Putin will invade the uh, the Ukraine. What do you think, John? Listen, most of the real professionals, the intel professionals, not the people that are captured in the politics of Washington, but those who actually are reading the intelligence, have told me for two or three weeks on my shows, uh, there's no chance he invades. The cost is too high. And also, Vladimir Putin's history of invasion never came with lots of pre-warning. They're usually pretty quick and un- unexpected, like Georgia in 2008 or Ukraine, well, Crimea in 2014. John, all he, he wants to do, like John, all he wants to do is get oil up to $100 a barrel. Yeah. He's making a billion dollars a day, covers yes. the entire budget of Russia. Absolutely. And there's another element, too. I think he's beginning to suss out where Europe is. So he's figuring out with some of these intelligence leaks where the United States is listening and, and has penetrated his networks. And he's also finding the divisions. He realizes, well, uh, Germany and the United States don't see eye to eye on the pipeline anymore. Well, that's a big gain for him. This is old ass and KGB uh, uh, tactics. And I, I think at the end of the day, he probably doesn't invade unless there's some sort of unexpected episode that gets both sides, you know, uh, on alert and they, they make a mistake. But I think the, I think with, I'm with John. All the people I'm talking to think this is a cat and mouse game to make a lot of money and uh, suss out where the West is. John Solomon here with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. You know, um, most people think, of course, uh, rational people, that Biden is doing a terrible job. The the, the problems at the border, inflation, uh, supply chain issues, all kinds of nasty stuff going on. Yet Bill O'Reilly said to me last week, he said, I'll tell you the author said, at the Nick game on Wednesday night, he said the one place he's not doing a bad job is right here during these Russia-Ukraine, uh, the, the whole uh, the whole period together. He thinks that Biden has done a good job implementing policy and threatening Putin with these economic sanctions. Would you agree that as bad as Biden has done up to this point, that the way he's handling Russia-Ukraine is actually not that bad? You know, uh, time will tell. I think there's a lot of people in the intelligence community that I talked to that believe the leaking of all the intelligence is going to have a long-term negative impact because it's identifying for Putin where we're listening, where our human intelligence might be coming from. What, what President Biden has done is leaked every bit of intelligence to let Putin know we think we know what you're about to do. And if that is uh, if, if Putin is, is creating a, a false flag, if he's just tricking us into action, then we may have burned a lot of intelligence channels. So I think history will tell us you know, if he prevents an invasion, if we go back to a peaceful thing, he'll get a lot of credit for this moment. But a lot of people in the intelligence community I talked to are very worried about the use of intelligence as the overt diplomatic tool. Uh, they, they believe they're burning bridges, burning channels of uh, monitoring that we would not normally do. And I'll give you my version on that, which is similar, is the fact that the one threat that affected him is that he'll screw up the banking system for Russia. And that affects his billion dollars a day. Nobody wants to affect a billion dollars a day. You know, and that was the threat uh, that he's that Biden is capable of pushing that button. But on the other stupid, the, the stupider thing he did, he gave back. He put Iran back on the system and gave him $26 billion back. Yeah. And they're going to use that towards terrorism. I mean, I can't believe how much stupider you can do. John Solomon, say you. 
Uh, yes, listen, the Iran deal, uh, we're very distracted with Russia, but they're making enormous progress towards capitulating to Iran to get some form of a deal. And here's the thing. Uh, I had two intelligence people on my show the other day both say that Iran is less than a year from a breakout moment, meaning they've already gotten to the point of having a potential nuclear weapon. And this this deal is nothing more than a, a fig leaf, a political fig leaf. The damage is done. Iran has moved towards nuclearization and no deal makes any sense. But we're giving Iran a lot of cash. So the, the 64, the 64 trillion dollar question. You ready for this one? Yes. You know, I've, 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 traditionally we used Israel to do our bad work. They'd go in there and destroy nuclear plants, destroy this, destroy that. If Israel did that, will Biden back them? Great question. Our relationship with Israel is a little bit more strained since Joe Biden came in, particularly because of the Democratic Party's often anti-Israel rhetoric. Uh, you know, Bennett and Biden seem to have a decent early relationship, but I'm not sure this president would back up Israel on a covert operation. I don't think this president wants any conflict right now, and uh, Israel would have to go it on his own. That's most of the tea leave rating I get from talking to people in the intelligence community and the military today. That's the problem. And they, what Putin has done, uh, uh, John, is uh, uh, Germany is very close to Putin, and they're not going to yeah. do anything anti-Putin. And nope. Turkey is very close to Putin. They're not going to do anything anti-Putin. And France... They pay, they, you know, whatever the biggest price is. Yep. Listen, the map is not as favorable as it used to be. And that's what happens when you move from a position of peace to strength, to peace to appeasement. You begin to see your allies picked off or conflicted. And I think that when his, the difference between the Reagan-Trump doctrine, which is always peace to strength, we always show strength and then get to peace. Here, we, we, we've shown a lot of appeasement. And, uh, and the question is, what has come with it? I think the map has been carved up on us in ways we couldn't imagine 25 years ago. I mean, you really, if you think about it, whether you like Donald Trump or not, and of course, uh, all the rave is, is that he's going to run again and win in 2024. Uh, the fact is, uh, Vladimir Putin was not amassing troops on the border of Ukraine when Trump was in charge. There was no talk yeah. about China overtaking Taiwan when Trump was in charge. North Korea wasn't firing off missiles into the sea when Trump was in charge. So say what you want about Donald Trump, you may hate his guts. Uh, this is inarguable. The fact is, when he was president, this stuff was not going on around the world. Well, you look, the only two times that Vladimir Putin ever had the courage to, to put Ukraine in jeopardy was 2014 when Joe Biden was given the Ukraine portfolio by right. President Biden. By, Oba by Obama, by Obama, another feckless leader, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the same policy position. You have basically the same people in 2014 in power now in the State Department and the military. And I think it seeks witnesses. Weakness here, and he's exploiting it as an old KGB hen would. John, we have a break coming up. Give us your website again or your uh... – uh, Yes, justthenews.com. Love, uh, love people to come check us out. We just do news all day, no opinion. Just straight news stories, 24-7. That's the uh, – you're the Walter Cronkite of today. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much, oh, John you. Solomon, and uh, God bless you and God bless America. Thanks, guys. All right, John Solomon, that's a terrific job. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid in the morning on this Monday morning with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg with another good friend, also great on the air, Fox Business, Charlie Gasparino. will join me and John, 9 o'clock hour on the other side. Sammy Davis. You know, you did mention John Kennedy earlier. You know, Kennedy... Didn't like Frank Sinatra hanging out with Sammy Davis Jr. And used to complain to Frank. 
about hanging out with Sammy Davis. Hey, what's what you hanging out with the, uh, well, well, you know. You know what it's all about. He was interfering with uh, John Kennedy's uh, girlfriend. Is that true? Well, it's not true. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you were Marilyn Monroe, would you zig left or zig right? I zig left. Uh, right. Yeah, I zig left. <laughs> John did pretty John good for himself. Kennedy. Yeah, he did pretty good for himself. His he wife did. was gorgeous. Listen, he, he was a great uh, president, and uh, I, I believe they killed him. There was a reason they killed him. I don't know. That. How old were you when he died? When he got killed? I was. I remember. I was at Brooklyn Tech. I was in my um, uh, English class. Did you cry? Uh, yes. Everybody I mean, cried. I, everybody yeah. cried. Yeah. And, I, and I was in my English class, and I, was, I think I was a sophomore. Wow. How many years ago, John? You know that next year. If my math is correct, it'll be like 60 years, believe it or not. Is that possible? Yes, it is possible. Wow. 1-800-848-WABC. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid in the Morning with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. Talking to Fox Business, Charles Gasparino. Right after Deb Valentine and Sammy Davis Jr. with the news. Very nice. He loves his song, John Katsimatidis. Fourth and final hour. Good morning to George and Emily. Guys, we love you. Good morning. John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosenberg. Fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid in the morning. Bernard will be back tomorrow. But on this President's Day Monday, it's uh, me and John. And we'll play uh, Beat Sid coming up later on this hour. So uh, I, really, I, got, I got to go up to my other job. You have a, like a like a well, I want to say a real job, but yeah, you have a lot going on. I have another job, and then I work uh, all day running those companies, and then at five o'clock I'll be down at uh, for cats at night. Another number one rated show, by the way. Congratulations, you guys do a great job with that. This uh, this next guest, I have to tell you, I've been watching him on Instagram quite a bit, and and I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I'm going to take the credit for inspiring Charles Gasparino. To become this uh, weightlifter, he's in great shape. He's got muscles like me these days. Maybe it is me, maybe it's not me, but I'm going to take the credit regardless. He's a friend of John Katsimatidis, and he's a terrific TV guy on Fox Business, Charles Gasparino. Charlie, it's John in Sydney. How are you, pal? How you doing, guys? And extend my regards to Bernie when he comes. I absolutely will. He'll be here tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow he'll be back, yes. Now, can I take credit? For inspiring no. you? No? no, you could. Yeah, you could take it, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> not even a little, a little not bit, Charles. Well, you you are inspiring. I give you that. I mean, you're, <laughs> you know, you're doing great. You know, and I I think you know old guys like us that drag our rear ends into the gym and 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 work hard and get up early to do it. And, yep. You know, yep. it, it's it's it, it's commendable and it's inspiring. But just so you know, I've been doing this since I was since I started boxing when I was a kid. I was like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, no, you're in you're in great shape. You're in how great was, shape. How was Las Vegas last week? Did, did you make more money in the market or more money in Las Vegas? <laughs> John, I'm the most boring guy in, in Las Vegas. I want to tell you, I don't gamble. I like going to dinner. I have to admit, I had some great meals. They have great food. Then. Went to uh, Steve Wynn's Steakhouse, SW Very Steakhouse. Good. Very good. But yep. every day I woke up, I was on New York time. I woke up early. I worked out for about an hour and a half every day. Nice. And I went to bed around 8 o'clock. Where'd you, you stay? I was done. Where'd you I stay? I stayed at the Aria, and I watched the Super Bowl at the Aria, which oh, was an right. amazing time. I actually saw you on Instagram Sunday morning, the day of the game, working out in uh, in yeah. the gym. I'm like, that's my guy, Charles, man. That's very, very cool. Very, very cool. Well, listen, let's get right to the matter at hand, Charles, which is Ukraine and Russia. Before I ask you what you think is going to happen, whether you think Putin will make the move or not, 
let's just assume for this hypothetical that he does go in, even though John doesn't think it's going to happen. Let's assume Putin does go in. What does that mean for the world economy? Well, I mean, oil prices will go up, right? Um, there'll be dislocation in the market. I can't tell you that. I don't think it's going to be real systemic. I mean, then there's a, then there's the, the, the sort of impact of whatever sanctions they put on, and that we kind of don't know how far they're going to go with that. So there's going to be an economic impact. Um, now, does it disrupt the banking system in a systemic way that causes massive losses to banks? I don't think so because, uh, you know, I've, I've reported this out already. The banks and the Biden administration have been dealing with each other for like the past month on this just to make sure that they, they have their positions down, that they know, you know, counterparty risk in terms of trading and things like that. So, you know, you know, you worry about banks because banks are the sort of engine of the economy. They're the lending engine. If they go out of business, that's not good. The economy comes to a halt. I don't think that's going to happen here. This is not a 2008 or or what was the the other shock that people were worried about that didn't happen? Um, the uh, the t- in 2000, what was it called? Y2K. You know, people right, were worried right, about that. I, right. I think it's more like Y2K than 2008. <laughs> uh, so I think that's the positive. The negative is if you have rising inflation on top of higher oil prices already, you know, that's kind of not a good thing for our economy. So that, that could happen, too. I mean, this is something you're going to have to watch. Uh, it's probably not a great time to be loading up on stocks right now because, uh, you know, it's probably a good time, especially if you rode this thing up to take take some off the table. You know, go, go 30% in cash now. You can buy it, buy it back later because it could, get, it could get rocky here. I mean, the Fed's going to raise rates, plus you got higher oil prices. If that's the scenario that happens, you know, markets sell off on that. Well, what I've said to her publicly and I said on my show yesterday is uh, – that uh, right now the prices at the gas pump and the prices in the supermarkets are based on $75 oil. Since then, it went to 95 So March, fasten your seatbelt. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And if you have higher inflation, you've got to have higher interest rates to squeeze that out. And that's going to hurt markets, and that's going to hurt stocks. You know, initially bonds, but then stocks. You know, it's 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 when you have global unrest, there's a theory of going into bonds, U.S. Treasuries, as a safe haven because you know other world uh, currencies and, and commodities become suspect in a in a crazy environment. But remember, if you're buying bonds right now, this is where it gets a little scary. You're buying bonds where the Fed's raising rates, so mm. the prices of bonds generally go down in that right. scenario. Charlie, so be careful here. Charlie, uh, every one of our agencies has been federalized or politicized. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the CIA, whether it's the FBI, whether it's the Department of Justice, whether it's the IRS hiring 85,000 uh, more uh, uh, IRS agents to go after enemies of the, P- of the administration. <laughs> uh, or is the Fed politicized? And will they hold off the question, the $64 trillion question? Will they hold up big increases till after the election? The Fed is politicized, but the problem that they have is that inflation doesn't wait. And, uh, you know. Volcker waited. Look look, at (laughs) this. Volcker waited. Not really. Volcker Volcker raised rates immediately when, when Carter appointed him. I mean, he, he jammed. I mean, that's You're one right. of the. Right. I mean, he's you know, and Carter knew he was going to do it. So I mean, that was a, a, a case of non-political. Now, are we in Volcker area? No, Jerome Powell is a far cry from Volcker in terms right. of political. He is very politicized. The problem that he's got is that if he waits, 
Biden is getting no credit for the economy, so it almost doesn't matter if he waits. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If yeah. you look at Biden's approval rating, I mean, on everything, and it's it's a hard. I mean, he's his brand is to- totally shot. But you would think he'd get something on the economy because we have very low unemployment, and you know we have we have a, we have we have job growth and we have GDP growth. But he's not because of inflation. So I don't think he can wait. I mean, if he waits, then theoretically he endangers any re-election shot that Biden has. If you know, if you have raging inflation right. in, in a year from now, I mean, he's done like completely. So, and I don't know if it matters that much politically. The Democrats are going to get crushed. I mean, it's kind of fascinating. Um, you know, I've been covering this Chris Cuomo. CNN story a lot. And, uh, you know, the Democratic brand, which CNN reflects so much now, is is shot. And that's why CNN's ratings are so oh, bad. Well, no CNN's yeah. not CNN anymore. Oh. CNN got sold. And uh, uh, John, well, Malone, John Malone they, is, set, is running the, the place. Yeah. yeah, they may bring it back to the center. But if you want to know, if you want a proxy for just what, how bad shape the Democratic Party is in for the 2020, uh, 2022 midterms, look at CNN's ratings. That place is imploding in a yeah. rating standpoint. And by the way, MSNBC can get away with it because they only have 700 employees. They're a niche network. CNN has 5,000-plus employees. They can't be a niche and the ratings matter for them. So no, it does. And yes. John Malone yeah. is yep. going to start laying it off step by step. Well, he should. It started with Zucker. He, sh- he should. He should start coming towards the center, like Charles Gaspino just said. Charles, of course, box uh, box business. You know, this whole inflation thing, we- we've had Ron and Santa on this show, Larry Kudlow on this show. My condolences. Uh, yeah, Ronnie's a good buddy, but he's actually put me in one of his movies about the uh, stock market crash in 1963, that whole salad oil thing out of Bayonne, New Jersey. Movies in salad oil? Well, he's, he's writing one right now, so. Ah, now you like him, Charlie. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad I know he's on the opposite side of the aisle from but that's fine. Uh, point being that no one could give me, nobody, not, not Larry either, by the way, nobody could give me an honest answer or, or an intelligent answer on when they think this inflation is going to end. Can you? Well, how would you know? It's impossible to know. What do you mean? Biden told us it was going to be temporary. The price, <laughs> I will give you the answer. Him. I mean, like that guy, he barely knows uh, like what, color, what kind of uh, ice cream he's eating right now. Right. No, but, so, but, but they did start by telling us it was temporary, all that nonsense. No, that's all below. Right. I mean, here's right. the thing. The, the reality is the Fed is going to have to do something, step in, and the longer they wait, the, the more it's going to last. And I can't tell you when it's going to end. But listen, all you have to know is what's going on is so crazy. You literally have new asset classes created by the day. Meme stocks. Think about that. There are these stocks that are money losing co- companies that people rally around and want to save. And they think they're, it's 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 a smart thing to invest in AMC theaters and GameStop just because it's cool. Right. right. That is not investing, and that you only get that sort of mania weirdness when you have interest rates this low. So Jerome Powell has got a lot to answer for, and wringing out this excess could be kind of nasty. Well, I'll tell you when inflation stops. When we stop buying, buying from Putin, when we stop buying oil from Putin, when we stop buying oil from OPEC, and well, uh, uh, North America, Canada, Alaska have a hundred years worth of oil. When we stop the BS of, of, of making other people rich and making uh, Americans poorer, if we bring in oil from Canada, Alaska, prices will drop 30%. And then inflation will go away and prices will be normal. Right. And, and, and if we want to go to a green economy, let's transition. Let's not do it over, over 20 years, not over yeah. 10, not over two years. Yeah. 20 years. 
bring back some safe nuclear power. I mean, there's ways of doing this, which the environmentalists won't let us do. And it's it's really crazy just who's controlling the Biden administration. If you know, if you notice, the reason why he's in, he's in such a pickle here is because every one of his policies are being essentially uh, mandated and, and driven by the far left yep. of the party. Yep. It, there's no centrists that, no. that are calling the shots there. So, um, you know, they believe that, you know, inflation is transitory because you can just keep printing money. I mean, that's 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 the progressive well, modern monetary theory uh, approach to inflation. Charlie, everybody, the American people under the Biden administration says we're going to tax the corporations. We're going to tax the rich. The only people that have lost is the poor and the middle class paying double the price for gasoline, uh, 30% more for food. They're, they're the ones that have lost. You know who wins? Uh, Russia wins. OPEC wins. And guess who else? China wins. Well, and rich people win. You, okay. keep, you, keep, you keep interest rates at zero. Everybody, you know, the smartest people in the world are hedge fund managers. So all they're doing is speculating and making money. So that, that's why uh, the, the Democratic Party is, uh, is uh, driven by a lot of rich people. Hey, there are some rich people, although it's, it's gone so far left now, now the, the wokeism and the critical race theory and all that garbage. I think even like the traditional liberals are like rebelling. They've reached the, they they reach, they reach the uh, they, they have. It'll be interesting to see who am they... Am I allowed to say the FU level? Yeah, they're there. It'll be interesting to see who they do nominate in 2024. Biden's not going to run again, so he's having a miserable time, but he ain't going to run again anyway. Round he's two. He's 82. He's done. That's all. But, you know, whether it's Kamala or Pete Buttigieg or Hillary Clinton. Can you imagine? But think about who they got in the background. In Nobody. The, in, their, in, their, in their 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 lineup. They got Pete Buttigieg? Yes. That guy can barely he can barely do the, the non-job he has. He now. can barely run a one-car funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kamala Harris? I know. They have, they have Hillary, one. By the way, watching Hillary, I, 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 it, was, it was really painful to watch Hillary yeah. um, the other day, like haranguing and screaming. Oh God! Talking about Trump, I was like, oh. "What the hell?" At, at the convention, at the convention, blaming Fox News and Donald Trump. They do have yeah, one. They do have one ace in the hole, Charles. Which I don't believe they'll, they'll be able to convince her to run. But their ace in the hole, of course, is Michelle Obama. Maybe you she know. Won't. Here's the thing: everybody says that until you see her run, and right. then she steps now, in it, and she doesn't. The, the Michelle Obama. You know what Princeton University has done with Michelle Obama? What has refused to put out the, her. Or her papers when she went to uh, school there. Why? Because uh, she was. You could imagine what those papers <laughs> said. They have refused. To the left of Genghis. No, worse than that. <laughs> worse than that. I mean, uh, uh, and uh, and that, that's wrong. I agree. There's got to be full disclosure on everything. Well, I mean, she'll probably have to release that if she runs. That's why she's not. She's not going to run. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, listen. <laughs> it, it, it is great to catch up with you. I'd love to work out with you one day here at a gym here in New York City, Charles. You look great. You always where sound are you great. Out in New York City, Sid. What do you mean? Where? New York where? Sports Club. Oh, New York Sports. Okay. Well, what do you work out? Well, I uh, I work out at a place that is one of the toughest gyms in the city. It's it's essentially a YMCA on Twenty Third Street. Um, off uh, off Avenue D. It's pretty oh, wow. pretty wild. It's like you know, it's, it's no nonsense. Do you live down there, like Bathbed City, down yes. in the? Oh, you do. Yes. That's yeah. awesome. And by the way, there's there's not a lot of uh, saunas in that. <laughs> <laughs> do you carry a gun? <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good way to end it, my man. Hey, it's great to catch you. You look great. You sound great. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you, Charlie. Hey, tell Bernie I said hi, guys. I Bye. will, Thank Charles. You. you got it. There he is, Charles Gasparino. 
here with John Katsimatidis and Sid Rosen. Before you take your, your, your headset off, I want to thank you for a great morning. I had a great time with you. I, I hope you had a good time as well. Well, I had a good time. And, uh, we, you know, I think it was a great show. It was and, a great uh, show. And whenever you need me, when Bernie can't come in, I'll, I'll be around. So you if you need me, I'll be here. You got it. Thank you. Take what care. A great job. I'm thank a man, you. John Katsimatidis. The boss coming up big today with uh, Chad Lopez, another great guy. Our other boss here standing right in front of us. John, thank you so much. We had four or five great guests today. It was a lot of fun. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222 to beat Sid. Your chance to win 100 bucks coming up at 940. We'll take a short break. More of the Bernie and Sid in the morning show with a great job by the John Katsimatidis this morning right after these Ooh. short messages. The cheer here back. Get to leave eleven gallows on your sleeve. Shallow figured winners pain eleven shadows way out of place. I saw some lady call earlier and ask if my uh, son's friend, Led, had a good time in the city. He's still here. Take him to the airport uh, later this afternoon, actually. By the way, great job out of uh, John Katz and Matides, all of our guests today, from Staten Island Borough President Vito Pocella to Rich Lowry to John Solomon to Charles Gasparino. Anyway, uh, Led is still here, so we um, we had entertained the kid all weekend. He's 12 years old, mind you. And my son Gabe is 13. My daughter Ava is still in London till Sunday. She's all around town. She was in Notting Hill yesterday. She was in. Uh, she was on Abbey Road, the very famous photograph of the Beatles. She was. She did that walk with uh, Toby and his parents yesterday. So she's having the time of her life, my daughter. So we got to keep uh, Gabe and Led busy. So one day we went to Hudson Yards, and we showed him the vessel, and uh, we said that's where people jump off to kill themselves. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's really good. Yeah. You're a very positive influence on... Shut up. On, I mean, what, it, it happened. Well, I, yeah. I mean, there's no going back now. No. No going back now. He he, he kind of said the same thing. He's like, why do they come here just to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Not like there's not enough big buildings in New York City. If you want to kill yourself, you know, you could do it. For some reason, they like everybody picked the vessel. Isn't that... But it's only been there for... I know. But there, isn't there like three or four or five different cases of suicide? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many there are, but... And it's a lovely structure. It's beautiful. It's all lit up at night. You're inside that beautiful mall. Very pretty mall. I mean, it's, I guess it's the same thing as Columbus Circle, I guess, or yeah, there's Polka just not Town a, Center Mall. There's just not a giant vessel-like structure in Columbus Circle. That's true. So yeah, And you can see the vessel when you're walking around the mall inside, which is very nice. It was very windy that night, too. Very, very windy. And we had a nice uh, dinner at Hudson Yards Grill. And uh, people recognized me there. You know, I like that. People walk yeah. by, they walk by, they go, oh, my God, that's Sid Rosen. Is that how they do it? Yeah. Yeah, these uh, three guys in their 30s, and Daniela's like, how do they know how you are, who you are? I go, what do you mean? Why do you always ask that? I'm famous. Yeah, but you'll never be famous to her. I know. It's so annoying. And she's like, well, because they're young. I'm like, Danielle, I have young listeners. Not many. I mean, the overwhelming majority are, are you know, one foot in the grave. I get that. But 
There's some young people who are interested in politics that listen to, to, to me and Bernie, you know. Yeah, but I mean, listen, she doesn't she she didn't marry you for your fame because you weren't famous. I mean, when, what do you, uh, you sound like her? I don't understand. Because it's, the, the logic of it wouldn't make enjoy, any sense. Just why, in, why would she love you anymore just because you're I'm not, well known? I'm not asking her to love me anymore. I'm asking her to recognize that I'm a huge superstar. Stop downplaying it. Like today, for example, I got to go home. This is true, and read for a movie part. But it's four different parts. So it's a three-hour Zoom from 3 to 6 this afternoon about the stock market crash back in Bayonne in 1963. Almost stock market crash. It's a true story. Larry Logano knows about that. Yes, he does. I'm sure Luke, your father does. I'm, I'm sure he could tuck your hair off about it for I'm hours. sure. So uh, the guy Tino was the mastermind behind the whole thing. And I think Patton Oswalt is going to play him, the actor. And then he had three or four buddies, like the Boiler Room. Remember that movie? And his three or four buddies were part of this whole operation. And I have to read for all four. On a three-hour Zoom this afternoon. So last night I had to take out the script, which is 120 pages long. You print, you know how long it is. Yeah, you asked me to print it out for you. Right. I said no. Right, you said no because you're a jerk off. And then I had to take a yellow highlighter and uh, highlight the lines I have to read today on Zoom. It's you know it's it's somewhat daunting. I mean, I I, I was just given the role in Gravesend, given the role in Gemini Lounge. I didn't Zoom, try out, do a reading. So it's somewhat daunting, you know. Well, it's also going to be awkward over Zoom, like a, right. doing an audition for a movie. So I go to the kid. I go, Lad, I can't go to the airport with you tomorrow because I'm waiting for a movie role. And my wife's like, oh, he's waiting for a movie role. Look at him, Mr. Big Shot. I'm like, okay, it sounded kind of, I get it. It sounded douchey, but I'm like, I, you know, I, I didn't think about it. Just, I just, you know, it gets so mad, you know? Listen, I'm not surprised. It is what it is. I mean, you, you know. It's uh, this newfound fame of yours. It's it's not going to resonate with everyone, including your wife. <laughs> it's annoying. Well, you know. what are you going to do about it? There's nothing I can do about exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah. are you just going to whine about it or no? No, okay. I'm fine. Okay. I'm, a, I'm in a great mood today. So Led is uh, going home tonight, and, and uh, Ava will be back on uh, on Sunday. What else? Oh, you know what else I did this weekend? Uh, the, the owners from Grimaldi's have been texting me. They heard me mention that place a couple of times today. And we did that, too. I told you earlier. We took the ferry from Wall Street to Dumbo, which is a great part of Brooklyn, and walked over to Grimaldi and had some lunch. And my son had the Brooklyn Ice Cream Factory vanilla ice cream there. But we did watch a movie this weekend. And usually on Mondays, I have a good movie for you. Netflix, Amazon Prime, one of those. So we uh, started scouring the Academy Award nominations. And figuring out what movies are, are, are being, at the very least, recognized for being good. So we watched, Danielle and I, Being the Ricardos. Is that what it's called? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. These days, the... the I movies, love Lucy. Yeah, but the movies that are nominated for Academy Awards these days, nobody knows about. No, I know. And they stink. And they're usually like uh, like some type of like a, uh, some virtue signaling nonsense. You know, no, who cares? My or it's like something in a different language, which right. is like should be against the law. Right. I hate I hate subtitles, too. I think it's... Uh, somebody tells me it's a great movie with subtitles. No way I'm going to watch it. There's no way. Stop. Uh, because those people feel smarter. I'm, I'm with you 100%. But this is about Lucy... You know, it came out, I guess, that she was a communist. And her husband, Desi Arnaz, had to, um, I guess, uh, quell that, you know. So he actually does a live phone call on the set of their last live show with, at the time, J. Edgar Hoover, who says that Lucy is completely innocent. And uh, the movie ends with their very last live show. I did not realize that the day after they did their last live show on CBS, Lucille Ball divorced Desi Arnaz Jr. I didn't know that. 
So they're on the set and they're doing the show as if they did it. Well, they did it a million times. And the next day she divorced them. Nicole Kidman plays Lucy. She's very good. Javier Bardem plays Desi Arnaz Jr. He's very good. And uh, I'll tell you who's great in the movie is J.K. Simmons. You know who he is? Yeah, of course. What is that commercial he does? Um, State Farm. State Farm. He plays William Frawley. Fred. Fred Nethel. You know, Mertz. And he's great. He was my favorite in the movie. But uh, it's good. You ever seen Whiplash? What's that? You ever seen Whiplash? I didn't. I know he won. Did he? No, that's not. He didn't win for that. Did he win for that? I don't know if he won. I don't know if he won for that. He won an Academy Award for some movie. That's a great movie, Whiplash. Yeah, I didn't see it. All right. You want me to see it? I don't know if you have the time. Are you going to watch Being the Ricardos? No. Of How come you never watch the movies I ask you to watch? I first of all, the only reason I watched Yellowstone was because of you, uh, and that worked well. That, that worked out really okay. well. So you do respect my my opinion on these things? Well, from time to time, right. yes. Have you seen something that I told you to watch that you didn't like? No. Okay, so then you respect my opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, I would say like you, you know, but I've really only watched yellow. A lot of the stuff you mentioned, I've already watched. Uh huh. Sure. But um, right. You know, because I'm kind of more ahead of the game. You haven't watched anything. You didn't watch the movie Tender Bar, Ben Affleck. I told you it was great. You no, didn't watch. It. Okay, so what did you watch? You didn't watch Be in the Ricardos. No. Did you watch the uh, the Michael B. Jordan movie about the uh, the guy from Afghanistan? No. Okay, so you don't watch anything. I almost, uh, I saw some stupid movie I also went to this weekend. It's called Honest Thief with um, Liam Neeson. And this guy, you can't make this up. He's a bank robber. No course, one's on him. Of course him. he is. Of course right. he is. Of course. Same role every yeah. time. Same role. No one's on him. Nobody suspects him. Nothing. He's got $9 million in cash in one of these, um, what do you call these little, bo- like a box in a, uh, what do you call those, unit, storage unit. Got, so he's like you. He's just carrying nine mil around wherever he goes. It's almost very similar. Yes, he's got nine million in cash. No one's on to the guy, but he falls in love with some lady, and he feels like he's lying to her, and he feels dirty because he spent all these years as a bank robber, and he decides that the only way he could have a really true love relationship with this woman is if he turns himself in. No one's on to the guy. He's got nine million in cash. The moron turns himself in. So what happens? The cops go to the storage unit. They want to steal the money and kill him, obviously. And it turns out he's the same guy he is in Ransom and all those movies. Because they beat up his girlfriend. Now he's got to go after the cops. And it all turns around. And in the end, he still goes to jail. He kills the bad, the bad guy. And he's out $9 million. He's a moron. Obviously. But yeah. it's a movie. So Oh, it's only a movie? Right. Why do I get so upset? These action movies don't need to make any sense. As long as, you know, stuff blows up. Yeah. And you got Liam Neeson doing the, I'm Liam Neeson, you know, I'm Liam Neeson, and, By the way, and he, you should be scared of me. He's 80, he's 80 years old. It's enough already, okay? He's right. 79 or something like that. I mean, come on. It's enough. I agree. Yeah. I, I 100 It's like Clint Eastwood still doing, like, old westerns. He still does those? Yeah, I mean, he did. No, he doesn't. He did that one movie, Gran Torino. And he I wasn't, that that wasn't even a western. He was no, messing with the Mexicans. It wasn't, but it was an action film. The same type of thing. He was an old man yeah. beating up young Mexican kids. And then he did the thing where he smuggles drugs. And that's oh, like that an was Gran Torino. No, no. Yes. I, I just said Gran Torino. That was The Mule. The oh, The Mule. Mule. Right, right. I actually good. hated that movie. That I like that movie. sucked. Oh, it was good. All he does is drive around in a truck the whole time. Ah, that's not all he does. Stop it. Uh, well, There's a lot of suspense. They're going to kill him. Those guys are going to kill him the whole movie. I guess, but he's like 95 years old. What does it matter at that point anyway? Well, I don't know. Here's uh, Gabby Lopez, Chad's daughter. God, I love her. Have you seen the new Netflix documentary called The Times Square Killer? It's so good, and Curtis is in it. Uh, Curtis isn't everything. Isn't he? He's in that movie, too, with uh, Gotti and Gavano and all that. And I'll check that out. That sounds good. Thank you, Gabby. 
you have any recommendations? Yeah. Do I have any recommendations? Yeah, for the, for the listening audience. Uh, something outside of Ukraine, Russia, to make them happy. You know, something good. Do I? I, I can I think of anything right now? What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't do much. You don't do anything? No. Yeah. How about you, Luke Legrano? You have some type of uh, suggestion for the uh, listeners out there? Something you like that you think they'll like? Are you asking me if I have any thoughts? What's that? Yes. You have any thoughts? No. None. Hmm. Well, that went well. What about this other kid sitting in between you guys, Phil? <laughs> this, this is Jesse, but uh, what's his name? Jesse. How would I know that? Well, you here's the thing, Sid. We we established last week that you have no idea who you work with, so no, you wouldn't know anything. But about you don't that. tell me the names. I don't understand. Why? Why would I? Ha- Do I need to walk and like hold your hand and introduce you to well, every why, single why, person? But that you why work wouldn't with? you say that you know, this person sitting with us is Jesse or Phil or whatever? Why is. wouldn't you give me a chance to introduce him before you called him Phil? Because I don't care. Uh, okay. <laughs> what do I care? I think I mean, just... he looks like a nice enough kid. God bless him. He'll be a major superstar one day. Right now, what do I care? Let me ask, let me give Jesse the headphones. He can tell you if he's got any suggestions here. Right. You don't really need to care, though. He's he's only an intern. Oh, that's all he is? Yeah. So his life is worth less than yours. Well, listen, I mean. It is what it is. I'll say I, I didn't feel terrible having him go get my coffee this Right. Morning. Look at you. You got power, bro. Uh, yeah. You got power. I know. Yeah, look at me. You like that? No. Jesse, what's your name? Jesse. Is that no, I, I, I know that. I mean, your whole name. I, uh, Lindell. Are you Jewish? Yeah. Are you related to Mike Lindell from uh, MyPillow? No, but that's actually in my Twitter and Instagram bio. No relation to the MyPillow guy. Why do you uh, say that? You don't like him? No, I just I thought it'd be like kind of a like a witty like yeah. thing that some people it's might It's very say. witty. It's brilliant. It's actually brilliant. Uh, do you go to college? I graduated from Hofstra in uh, May of last year. And what are you looking to do? Um, potentially this. You, um, want to, you want to be on the air, obviously. Uh, on the air, uh, board ops, social media, video. Um, you got a good voice, actually, and you actually speak very, very well. Thank you. I to was, be honest, thank you. I was on the radio at Hofstra for there you uh, go. Four years, oh, so. what's his name? Works. You know, he's good. He's uh, John. Uh, what's his name? Mullen. Yes, great I love guy. that guy. He's a great guy. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, John Mullen. He's a very, very talented guy. How do you know him? I know him from uh, once a year. The Talkers Magazine does a conference for all radio talent across the country. And I usually see him at that conference, and he's usually on the same panel as I am. He's very, very good. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's All very right. funny. Well, when did you start here? Uh, January 31st, I think, was my first oh, okay. day. So I'm uh, in week four. And are you part of our show, or just you just kind of roll around? And Well, I think today is going to be my only day, because Tuesday I work 1 to 5, and oh. then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I Back to the minor 10. leagues. Back yeah. to the minor leagues. <laughs> with the Yankees today, brother. They're so doing up. like this rotation thing where they rotate. That's stupid. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Jesse, good luck to you. Thank, Thank you, you for uh, for your – you're very, very talented. I can tell already. Thank you. you got a huge future ahead of you. Thank you. And um, just continued success, okay? Thank you very much, sir. What are you laughing at, Luke? I don't understand. Why are you laughing at the kid? I said the same thing to you. Now you're, you're like a – I know you're a star now. I know you are. People love Luke Legrano, my cab driver in the morning, Gene. Well, we're just – you know – I, I, I can sense that you're genuine, but... Uh, he thinks I'm kidding. We're taking, oh, it with, think, we're taking it with a grain of salt. No, I think the kid is good. I really do. You think you're going to remember his name on, say, Thursday? No chance. Okay. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Oh. I am back for not beat Bernie, but beat Sid. Again, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out. Peerlessboilers.com or PavilionTankless.com for a dealer near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best built boilers. Thank you, Pete Morgan. 
Today we have Margaret. She's in Brooklyn. What's going on? Good morning, Margaret. Happy Monday. Good morning. How are you, sweetheart? One day at a time. Yeah, tell me about it. That's that's uh, the only way to really go about it, huh? Yes. All right. You ready to go today? I know you're a little bit nervous, but I think you're going to do great. I wish I could ask my brothers the sports questions, but whatever. No, that's not allowed, Margaret. <laughs> you got to follow the rules, all right? No, no I have, uh, I'm okay. I'm by myself on this. Okay, all right. Are you ready to dive in here? Yep. First off, what do you do for a living, Margaret? I, I'm in sales. Oh, very cool. You should come work for us here at WABC yeah. Radio. You can sell a couple spots for Sydney Rosenberg, no? Sydney Rosenberg, the new paisan. <laughs> there you go, the honorary paisan. All right, here we go. Watch, watch out, Al Pacino. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sydney's coming for him. All right, let's dive in here with number one. Matt Harvey's Dark Knight nickname during his tenor in New York was a reference to what superhero? Dark Knight. Batman. Very good, Margaret. One for one. Off to a hot start. Now let me ask you, did you get that question because you know who Matt Harvey is or because you know who Batman is? I know who Batman is. There you go. There you go. Hey, any way you can get there, any way you can get there is good enough for me. All right, number two. Kanye West's hit song, Gold Digger, samples the song, I Got a Woman, originally performed by what legendary blues singer? Oh, I got a woman. Um, I'll give you a hint. He is blind. <laughs> That's right, Stevie Wonder. Nope. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax. Oh, Rachel. The other one, yeah. I took the wrong, <laughs> I took the wrong blind one. Oh, God. I know. I hate to do that to you, Margaret, because you really, you, you sounded like you sounded like you were going to give me the right answer there. And uh, I, know. I know. I know. All right. Well, listen, at least you know you're blind musicians. That's, that's all right with me. Okay, one for two. <laughs> Let's see if we can bounce back here with a correct answer on number three. You ready to go? Yes. All right. A brain, an athlete... A basket case, a princess, and a criminal make up the cast of what 80s movie? Can you say that again? Sure. A brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal make up the cast of what 80s movie? 80s movie. Oh. I need something um, here, Margaret. Yeah, I, I um, I'm trying to think of that movie. That they, no, I, no, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. All right. Wrong. You two legged back of that. The Breakfast Club is the correct answer. <laughs> That's what you were thinking, huh? I never, no, I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw it. I don't watch them. Next. All right. All right. Fine. Next. Number four. What rookie, what rookie wide receiver out of Ole Miss led the New York Jets in receiving yards this past season? Oh, I don't watch that either. Yeah, I really don't. No, that that, that one was made. Ole that one was made A for Manning. Sydney. One is the Manning. Throwing <laughs> it two-legged like back of Anthony. Oh, God. Elijah Moore is the correct answer. Okay. 
Let's see if we can go two for five. Listen, one for five might even get you the win with the way Sid's going. But let's see. I uh, doubt it. Let's see if let's see if you can get this if you can get this last one. All right, you ready? Oh, I hope so. The sisters will be very mad. <laughs> In the NHL, the Vezina <clears throat> Trophy is awarded at the end of the season to the best player at what position? Uh Vizina, most valuable? Uh, at what position? I'll give you a hint. Defense? It's the last line of defense. The last line of defense? Yes. So if they get past everybody Lineman. else. Huh? Lineman? Wrong, you two-legged bag of answer. And now I was trying to help you, Margaret. I know. I Thank was, you so much. I was trying to help you out. But hey, one for five ain't bad. We did. One for five ain't bad. Listen, there's no promise. What was that answer? The answer? Well, now Sid's back. Yeah. I can't tell you the answer or else he's going to get the last okay. one right. Okay. Oh, so, he'll know that. But okay. but he'll probably, you know, listen, when he gets it wrong, I'll give him the right answer. All right. And give him the hints. He'll get mad if you don't give him the hints. Uh, I don't know. I'll think about it. I'm going to put you on hold here for a second, Margaret, and you'll, you'll get a chance to talk to uh, Sid on the back end, okay? Okay. Thank you All right. for Thanks, your help. Honey. Thank you. What's, um... What are you doing, bro? What's on your mind? I'm going home. Danielle wants to go for a run. She's home today. I got to watch Lead and Gabe. Then I got to go to the gym. Then I got to read for my part right, from three right, to six. Right. I got a lot to do. Yeah, it was more of a um, wow. rhetorical question. I don't really know what's happening. Okay. How, how, what, how many do I win? You got to get two. Margaret went one for five. She, All right. was, she wasn't very uh, adept to the sports questions. All right. But um, I told her, you know, you're pretty stupid, so. What? Look it's true, by the way. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. Hey, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Number one, Matt Harvey's Dark Knight nickname during his tenor in New York was a reference to what superhero? Batman. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you clearly did know because you got that right. Oh. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. All right. One for one. You ready for number two? Oh, Slick. the Zoom thing is so... I'm not gonna know how to do it. There's like there's like a lot of numbers and stuff here, bro. You just click the link. Yeah, but I, on my phone, I got to do it like on like an iPad or something. Why don't? I come... Yeah, you don't want to look like an idiot. Well, I got to click the link. It's on my phone. You don't have a like a desktop, uh, a desktop I I computer I do, with a no. camera. No, Gabe has it. Nave, I don't. <coughs> What's I'm number two? Coughing, I'm coughing. Uh, you're okay. You're fine. All right, number two. Kanye West's hit song "Gold Digger" samples yeah. the song "I Got a Woman." Originally performed by what legendary blues singer? Oh, that would be uh, Belushi. What? You're not even Blues trying. brother. Oh. Wrong, you two-legged uh, bag of anthrax. I was going to give you a hint. Oh, uh, B.B. King. No. Oh, I know what it is. It is Stevie Ray Vaughan. No. No. He was blind. Ray Charles. Yeah. That's uh, my answer. No, it's not your answer because uh, you already got it wrong. Okay. So uh, you're one for two. You ready for number three? I guess. A brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal make up the cast of what 80s movie? You want to say that again? A brain, an athlete, a basket case, a princess, and a criminal make up the cast of what 80s movie? Hmm. I actually know this. No, you don't. No, I do. Okay. The athlete was Emilio Estevez. The basket case was Molly Ringwald. The criminal was Judd Nelson. He's not going to be the right answer until you give me the name of the movie. The Breakfast Club. 
Told you, dick face. Sid, I just want to make a point that when I wrote that question, Justin Ellick said there was no shot you were going to get that right. Ellick's an idiot. I know all those Teenage Janks movies. Last American Virgin, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Great movie. Breakfast Club, About Last Night, my favorite of all time with Rob Lowe and Demi Moore. He doesn't know anything. I know all these. I, I gave you every actor who played the part that he's talking about. All right, what, what happened now? Did I win? No. Actually, you did. You you have won. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, you, you won the game. What number is this now? This is number four. You, you know, you're taking a while. Okay. All right. What rookie wide receiver out of Ole Miss led the New York Jets in receiving yards this past season? Wow. I have no idea. Wrong. You two-legged back of action. Elijah Moore. I remember Rob Moore out of Syracuse played for the Jets. That's not the right answer. Okay. Are right, you ready for number five? Yeah. In the NHL, the what, what did Luke? I said it wrong. Would you like me to read the question? No, just tell me how to say it. It's the Vezina Trophy. All right. In, NHL, in the NHL, the, Viz, the, the Vezina Trophy. It's called the Vezina Trophy, a moron. <laughs> now, the Hart Trophy is for the MVP. The Norris Trophy is for the best defenseman. The Vezina Trophy is for the best goaltender. All right. That's, okay. Well, that's... Great. All right. You want to talk to Margaret? Sure. You Hi, Margie. How are you, baby? My name is Margaret, and don't call him a dick face, Sid. I like him. Oh, my God. You just said dick face. You just made my whole day. Oh, my God. Margaret just called. Oh, my God. Now, where are you in Brooklyn? What part? Where do you think? I'm going to go with the Midwood section. No. No, uh, Bay Ridge. South of South of Dyker Heights. Yeah, Bay Ridge, right? That's right. Uh, That's you, right. Have you called before? No. No. Well, I love you. Oh, thank you, Sid. Good luck in Hollywood, Sid. Maybe you can leave this whole thing behind. You want me to? <laughs> you're, you're, Your life's ambition, right? You're a big Bernie fan. You, a lot of these uh, people on Facebook are like, tell Sid to go. Go to Hollywood. Get out of here. Leave the show to Bernie. First of all, Bernie doesn't want the show by himself. He'd rather, you kidding me? Not in a million years would Bernie want that. But, um, no. but I appreciate that. Thank <laughs> you, you sweetheart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're very, very nice. Thank you. Good luck, Sid, and give our love to Bernie Zygesund. Yes, he'll be back tomorrow. You can uh, call in tomorrow and give Bernie your love. He'll be back on the air tomorrow. Thank you, Margaret. We'll come back and wrap things up on the Monday edition of Bernie and Sid right after this. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, we're done. We'll be back again tomorrow with Bernard. He'll be back. Been a long uh, absence, but he's feeling better, and he'll be back tomorrow. Special thanks to John Katz and Matidis. Great job by John. He's back at 5 o'clock this afternoon with Katz at night. Thank you, John, for those three hours. And all of our guests today as well, and certainly all you guys behind the glass, Dustin Ellick, Luke Lebrano, Jesse, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, the whole crew. Until Tuesday morning. At 6 a.m., everybody, from all of us on the Bernie and Sid The Morning Show to all of you, New York City, peace!